Hey, what's up? In this episode of the Jock and Nerd podcast, Doctor Strange continues to kill it at the box office. Spider-Man's going to have classic web wings in Spider-Man Homecoming. And there may be thousands of people with superhuman powers living among us. Plus, our review of the DCCW Invasion crossover and a whole lot more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, December 2nd, 2016. Check, check one. All right. This is for all you fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock it, re-earned it. Be funny, disturb it. Jock it, re-earned it. Spoiler alert. What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. I am the nerd. Filling in for the jock today is the ginger geek himself, our buddy Matt Dalhauer. What's up, Matty? How's it going? Hey, what's going on, Imran? Thanks for filling in and uh, rounding out this freak show trio. Of course, we have uh, everybody's favorite, Felty. Uh, he's got loose morals and an even looser slack hole. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? What's up, everyone? How's it going? What's up, Matt Della Howers? Yeah, what's going on, Rugs? <laughs> oh, you guys are Whoa. so cute together. Uh, <laughs> good earth to everyone. So, like I mentioned, uh, the, the jock, Anthony, uh, if you listen to our last episode, he is in the Philippines. Yes. Which is what we call the Philippines. He is filling the penis. He is filling a penis, filling the boobus at the Philippines. He's going on a, a wonderful adventure to find himself and well, uh, do other things go. to himself. I don't know. Oh, we'll find out when he gets back. Uh, I want to hear all the ladyboy stories. Oh, no. I hope to God that he is living like a drug lord right now. He probably is uh, taking over and living in the presidential palace. Either that or he's kidnapped and someone's ransoming him right now. Anthony, if you're listening, we hope you're having fun on him and look out for the lady boys. That's all I'm going to say. Look, if you are a first time listener, thanks for pressing play. Uh, This is the Jock and Nerd Weekly where uh, it's a show where we like to just hang out once a week, geek out about what we love and what we love is comic book stuff, whether it's on TV, on the movies, on the print. Uh, We're going to geek out over some news that broke over the week. Then we're going to go into the review of the four episode, and I say four loosely, and we'll get to that, uh, DCCW crossover of of Invasion, uh, which was lots of fun. Uh, And then Matt, uh, Mr. Delhauer, is going to give us a little review of some fantastic beats. Uh, I mean, beasts. It's not the hip hop doc that I'm I, that I want. Fantastic that beasts that we're currently optioning. We're gonna try. You know, I think we have a good idea. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. Uh, we have a speak pipe from Mister Throwback Thursday and a special announcement at the end. So you want to stick around to the very end. The porn version of that would be fantastic breasts and where to feel them. Oh, I think that's in the Philippines. Oh, that's shit. what he's doing right now. He's writing. Oh, the those are fantastic. Oh, oh, those are fantastic too. By the way. They're real and they're spectacular. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's start. Get right into it. To the news. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. I just want to mention, listener, if you want to contact the show, if you want to engage with us, if you want to interact, just visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. There's tons of ways. All the links are there. 
uh, and uh, Mr. Ashlight Grayson is, is is doing that as we speak. Is it is that a is that a boy or a girl? I'm not sure. It's at Ashlight who's live tweeting every show he listens to. Uh, it's very entertaining. And I so for now, it. Imran's just going to assume gender. <laughs> Way to go! Look, it could be a girl. I don't know. It, uh, uh, Grayson. Grayson is a good unisex name. I, th- I think it's in reference to Dick Grayson, actually. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, but let's get started with a little bit of, it's kind of been like a slow news week. Do you guys notice that? Not a lot going on. Yeah, it's like, so, uh, what the hell, movies? Come on, get make with the make with the news, make with the speculation. But here's what we can start off with, uh, DCEU news. There was all these rumors about John Cleese, the hilarious John Cleese, Monty Python fame, joining the DCEU. Uh, and usually these things get started because people start following his Twitter accounts and he starts following Zack Snyder and all these movies. Um, he started following Ben Affleck. Uh, so we we have a little bit of speculation. Is that really all it is? He started following people involved yeah, in DC that, movies. That, Everyone's yeah. like, oh, well, that means he's in the that movie. That means he's in the movie. That's But that usually ends up ah, leading, right? Stupid uh, internet. Twitter detectives are saying hmm. John Cleese could be paying a character – uh, called Wintergreen. He's playing chewing gum, people. Oh, shit. I was about to say that. It was, <laughs> my mouth was open when you said that. He's playing Wrigley's Wintergreen, a stick of chewing gum. No, in the comics, Wintergreen is a former member of the British Army and an aide to Deathstroke. We know Joe Manginello is uh, playing Deathstroke in Justice League. So he, I guess Wintergreen is like his Alfred? Is that what it is? Maybe? Sure. And uh, Juicy Fruit is his girlfriend. Juicy Fruit's got a big ass. That's oh, what shit. I heard about her. Uh, <laughs> with, I wish we had that clip of, uh, of Pacino from Heat. Uh, what does he say? Great so ass. What, she got a great ass. I'm going to have to clip yeah, he said that. It like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to clip that for future usage. I guess Wintergreen in the comics, Wintergreen and Deathstroke become friends uh, when they were working for MI5 and, and they were in the British Army. So... I think the DCEU could use someone of his uh, humor status to inject a little bit of humor into these fucking movies sometimes. Or he'll be super dour. Oh, that would suck. Well. And crying. He was the best as the the French uh, knight. I fought in your general direction. Yes. (laughs) The insulting French knight atop the tower, atop the wall. Are those a pair of coconuts? <laughs> Where did you even find coconuts? <laughs> we fought on you. Look, if you haven't seen, he should Faulty, just do that in the movie. Fa- he should. He should be. He should be <laughs> the guy from Faulty Towers, like running around, hiding things, and and just being all silly. If you haven't seen Faulty Towers, I highly recommend check out. It's a great British series comedy. I think there's not that many episodes. It's fucking hilarious. By the way, that guy who played Manuel died also. <laughs> In 2016, just recently, I saw everybody is, I think celebrities, once this year is over, they're just going to be like, yes, I made it. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like, uh, that it's like final destination for actors. Yes. (laughs) Delhauer, you were telling me you had a theory about someone, uh, before he started. Oh, I, I, I said, I I hope I don't wind up jinxing it, but, uh, if Betty White makes it to 2017, it means she's immortal. Ah, Terrific. That's absolutely right. She's a Highlander. She's yeah. a Highlander. They could be only one Betty There's White. There's so many people dead because Betty White <laughs> is alive. <laughs> Betty White's murdered everyone else. So, okay, look, with my little Monty Python and the DCEU, sure, fine. I don't know. It's a rumor. It kind of makes sense. It could be fun. Uh, let's move on to some Marvel news. Uh, we were, we've talked about the box office for Doctor Strange and how it was doing very good in two weeks in. Uh, well... 
it has now surpassed Iron Man in a global box office to become Marvel's highest worldwide grossing single character movie. Oh, shit. What? I was about to say, I was like, are you about to tell me that this did better than Avengers? Because that's that's not true. No, no. It's a single. So if you go single character intro, Box Office Mojo breaks it down, too. It's kind of neat to look at the numbers. Uh, Doctor Strange has earned $616 million worldwide, which passes 585 million lifetime total of the original Iron Man. Uh, and it did it really quickly. Let me look at these uh, these numbers here. I'll put this. Uh, listen, you can always check the links of all the shit we talk about in the show notes. Jockanerd.com slash one four two so now this it says it's up to 620 million worldwide mcu single character intros it's made so it hasn't made more domestically than iron man iron man pulled in 318 million domestically but it's still out right it's still uh it's still in the theater so yeah it's at 208 domestically it could still beat that but, i definitely foresee it running at least until the end of the year yeah so it could easily beat that, but it already worldwide. And so it's beat Ant-Man, Captain America, the Incredible Hulk, and Thor. And now Iron Man to be highest single character intro movie. Highest grossing. That's crazy. I didn't. I don't think anybody expected that. That's crazy. I mean, they know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're pushing this shit. People want more. It's it's strange. It's like I. It, funny enough, I say it's strange. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. have expected it if someone said Doctor Strange was going to be the highest grossing right? single character movie, right? But when someone says a Marvel movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch has pulled in the most money, I would yeah. go, yeah, that makes sense. But you have to just consider like the whole thing with, where uh, these movies came out. Now they have like a built-in audience and the audience just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And these new mm-hmm. new kids are graduating into this audience. All these kids that are turning six, seven, and eight are now watching these movies and they're begging their dads to go see these movies and their moms, whatever. And their dads are begging their kids to go see these movies. Yeah. 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 yeah you want to come see a movie? You definitely want to see dogs. I mean, it's amazing that these kids are growing up with this. And you're right, man. Like you look at Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk. Okay. That's not a hard sell. You would think Thor would be kind of crazy, but that that wasn't even that hard. And man, you think it would be crazy? This Doctor Strange, this was like the most conceptually difficult thing to adapt. And uh, they're I don't it. think it has anything to do with Doctor Strange, though. That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, it's 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 more the it's fact the momentum. that it's, you have you have people who are going to say it's a Marvel movie. I'll go see it. And then it's the fact that as as Rugboy was saying, the 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 audience for just Marvel movies in general, is growing exponentially every year. It's momentum. But they gotta, they have to keep the quality up. They well, can't. they got, the, they got oh, yeah. the cartoons on. Disney's making cranking out the cartoons now. So they're they're indoctrinating all these new fans. So, and the Disney effect uh, seems to be helping them, really, and not hurting them yet. It's helping them make money. Yeah, it's helping them make not money. helping them make good good movies. Uh, the the uh, the number one uh, single intro. It hasn't beat the Sony's original Spider Man, which was not MCU back then. Two thousand two still holds uh, the the best lifetime global box office at eight hundred and twenty two million dollars. That fucking movie, mate. Damn. But again, that, that was sense. yeah, that was a time where you know uh, an immensely popular, high profile character and the tech the technology was there to make it look good for the time. Uh, who wasn't going to see that? Uh, just based on Spider-Man's fucking face. <laughs> Speaking of Spider-Man Homecoming, I really thought this fucking trailer would be out by now. We know it's going to be attached to uh, Rogue One, Rug One, a Star Wars story coming out December 16th. And so I guess there was a uh, a convention out in Brazil. 
in uh, Sao Paulo. Uh, it's called CCXP. And what we got from ah, there. CC. Ah, CCXP in Brazil. It's very nice. Uh, what we got from there, they showed some footage, uh, which hasn't. And I thought they would. Sh- I thought they would. They would uh, premiere the fucking trailer and then just release it. But look, within the next two weeks, we're gonna get a trailer. But we have They're a dis- fucking with you, Emron. I know these fucking bastards. I'm you so boner. I can't wait. Just give it to me. Uh, we have a little bit of a description of what they showed yet, and uh, there's some cool old school nods to his costume. They're adding this guy. It's translated from Twitter. He says the Spider-Man Homecoming footage was short but awesome. Starts from Spidey's point of view, talking with Happy Hogan. We know Favreau was going to be Happy Hogan. Uh, there's a case from Tony Stark with an upgrade for Spidey. Then we see Spidey leaf off a building, open his arms, web wings. There were a few more flashes of shots, but I can't remember. The classic underarm webbing look was just so rad. So this is like the original fucking Steve Ditko design where Spidey had this uh, underarm webbing. Well, the question that I'm wondering is uh, if it's going to be in the Steve Ditko style or if it's going to be like the hip to wrist webbing that uh, Todd McFarlane would draw on him all the time. Oh, yeah. He, of course, McFarlane had to exaggerate everything and put a spin on everything, not just like the big eyes and the knotty webbing. Uh, his uh, his webbing was was it was larger. Yeah. Yeah, it was way larger. Uh, it was th- basically a squirrel suit. Oh, that's yeah. right. See, I don't want it to look like one of those fucking flying suits. That would not be good. I'm very skeptical about this. I just, you know, as long as you don't, it's going to be, as long as you don't overdo it, it'll be like a practical gliding thing. Look, we know he's fighting the vulture. I was going to say, or even if he only uses it like once. Right. I would be fine That's with enough. It. And he should I'm already it. like, kind of <laughs> like, not loving this whole like super techy Spider-Man thing. But. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of Tony Stark like giving him gadgets. Like if they give him a motorcycle. That's going to piss me off. Don't give him a motorcycle. If, if it turns out, I'll fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, oh. If it if it turns out that everything that he has is because Tony Stark is just giving him stuff, that's going to piss me off. Because then at that point, it's not it's not Peter Parker no, being a right, genius. It's right. Peter Parker being fucking spoiled, being spoiled and lucky. It undermines the fact that he's really smart. And, and I mean, yeah, he's fucking up this whole character uh, the way I see it. So this Whatever. scene is like in what the near the Washington Monument. Like we saw the set photos months ago. They're on a field trip or some shit. And the vultures there. Ah. Uh, but yeah, well, let's not undermine Peter Parker. Like he's already invented this web fluid that that impressed Stark right away, you know, in in Civil War. So just give him a little bit of shit and uh, let him be. Yeah, it just doesn't. It feels unnecessary. There, you know, they got to tie in. They also the cartoons getting rebooted. So I feel like this movie is going to be the first movie where we see more of like the Disney influence. Oh, yeah, I was going to say I'm really afraid to see that Spider-Man Homecoming because Spider-Man is such a big name for Marvel to finally have under their belt is going to be the one that Disney's like, no, 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 man, we got to sell toys and we yeah. got to be we got to be aiming for the younger audience and so on and so forth. What happened was that Marvel didn't have Spider-Man for such a long time. Yeah. And they had to make these characters that nobody really knew into something. Okay. So now they don't have to do that anymore. Now they have like their big flagship character back and they're like, let's see how fucking much we can milk this. Let's see how many little kids we can get on the Spider-Man train. Let's see how many new friends we can indoctrinate. And they're going to fucking fuck it up. I'm telling you, 
They're getting too greedy. They're reaching too far. Well, I, I, I stick to my, my statement from a, a few months ago that Homecoming is going to be the make-or-break moment for Marvel Studios. Absolutely. Let's not forget this is the first in the deal with Sony. You know, And we've been talking about Fox trading character traits. And Kevin Feige said it's an impossibility for us to ever have the mutants back or Fantastic Four. The, everyone's going to be looking to this movie to see... Okay, this is unprecedented. These two studios with these rights are working together. One studio claims to be the distribution, while Marvel Studio, they're Sony saying they have complete creative control. So it's going to come down to Kevin Feige, to Marvel Creative, to really uh, stick to their guns and not let them disnify this thing, but give them, satisfy them. It's very, this, this is a very weird, like... They must have to balance a lot of things between the Sony and the Disney and the Marvel. Well, I, I just heard the, 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 the no-punching... Right, there's that. You know, they're, change, yeah. they're, they're changing the whole cast, pretty much doing whatever they want to the cast. Not, and they change the costume. We don't know if, what, if Zendaya is MJ or not. I mean, they're, they're being pussyfooting around that a lot. And no they're, footage. We haven't seen anything yet. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a great action film because yeah. Marvel can do that, yeah. and they're great at that. And I'm sure it's going to be a spectacle and whatever, but I, but I think that they're... Bending too far to a certain to, to, to the kitty market or to like make it fun and hip and cool. And I, I think Spider Man's weird and it should yeah. be weird. It's, it's, and that's the thing that I fear. I mean, you know, they, they proved in Civil War that they can do Spider Man well. That, you know, yep. the way that they presented him in Civil War was great and I enjoyed it. I am really just hoping that, like, like Rug Boy said, they're not going to suddenly be trying to push so far for being like the, this is our millennial Spider Man. Yeah. But he's on Instagram and like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember like an amazing Spider-Man where they had Andrew Garfield like skateboarding? Yeah. I hated yeah. that. Like I hated that's, that. That gave me douche chills. And that's that feels not like that. Peter I feel like we're going to get douche chills from this too. And that was the problem. I didn't like the fact that for them, Peter Parker wasn't a nerd. Peter Parker yes. was a hipster. No, that would not. Yeah. He was way too cool and hot for to the girls to be Peter Parker. It's like the only thing that made him nerdy was when he talked to Emma Stone, he would just stutter all the time because that's all Andrew Garfield knew how to be like in any way, socially awkward. But this, this, this new kid doesn't seem nerdy at all to me. I mean, uh, he he had some things here or there. I think the biggest thing that they did was for him, it was more he's a fast talker. Yeah. And it's just that he's tiny. Yeah. No, I mean, the way that he they had Peter, his character in Civil War was, I loved that. That was really good. Like, I bought it. I got it. It felt like Peter Parker, Spider-Man, updated, but not uh, completely changed. So, Boy, this is going to be interesting. So, look, within the next two, two weeks, we may see something this weekend. We may see something a week from now. We're definitely going to see something with Rogue One. I'm gonna. I'm thinking it won't hit the internet until the weekend of Rogue One. Plus, Guardians comes out before this, and they have yet to release a full. We have a teaser. They have yet to release a full trailer, and I think that one is coming out very soon. Also, uh, honestly, I don't know because it, it seems like James Gunn doesn't give a shit to do marketing. That's a good point. Yeah. That he's like, when people are like, well, where's, where's the poster? Where's the, the trailer? Like he responded back with, yeah, they'll show up when they're ready. Yeah. He's like, fuck off. It's not ready. Just relax. That's a good point. Uh, and then, so the other thing that came out of this, uh, CCXP in Brazil was some weird concept art, uh, from a, like a Twitter Thai Twitter account for Thor, Thor Ragnarok, where you see Thor and Hulk. Uh, and there's a lot of splashes of color. Have you guys seen this image? What do you think about this? Is this 
uh, actual concept art from the movie, like the international marketing is sometimes different. Uh, so the artwork debuted via Thailand Superhero Club's Facebook and Twitter accounts depicts the Jade Giant in a gladiator armor Marvel debuted at Comic-Con San Diego 2016. Uh, at his side is Thor sporting a new helmet and wielding a pair of swords rather than M- Molinar, rather than the hammer. So uh, Mjolnir. 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 Uh, I don't know. I, I like some no, of this. No, Imran, thing. I want you to say it. Mjolnir. Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Or oh, Mjolnir, depending Mjolnir. on how you want to the pronounce the other. hammer. Uh, Ferris Mjolnir. Ferris Mjolnir. <laughs> Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Anyone? Mjolnir. Look, I like Thor with the two fucking swords, and uh, Hulk has a mohawk uh, helmet. Uh, it's, a, it's a very different tone from uh, the other Thor movies. What do you guys think of it this image? It seems like they are going very Guardians. Yeah. In in the with that that image because it's 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 this whole splash of color pop art thing going on. There's paint strokes. It already it looks more fun. It looks about as fun as the Guardians. Like the same tone. You're right. Well, it's yeah. promo art. It doesn't have to actually do any have anything to do with the movie. Sure, it's oh, promo yeah. and it's concept. I mean, I think yeah. so, except for the uh, fact that like um, Thor's face looks really badly. It does look. I don't know if it's painted or if this is an illustration, but his face looks all fucked up. It doesn't look. Uh, it looks weird. Hulk looks awesome, though. I like his uh, fucking battle armor. Yeah, we'll see. That movie, those are the three Those, I, those are the three movies 2017 Marvel is going to give us, which is the Guardians and the Spider-Man and the Thor. It's going to be great. Uh, in other shared universe movie news, you guys see this little trailer sneak peek for The Mummy with the yeah, top crews? I, I saw that. And the Russell Crowes? Uh, listener, by the time you hear this, the full trailer will be out. All we have right now is literally a 15-second clip uh, of this movie, which is, uh, you know, they're starting a uh, universal Monsters shared, shared universe started with that Luke Evans movie, Dracula untold that nobody saw. I, have you seen it? Did you see that? man? I saw it. You saw it. Yeah. Oh my God. You saw it. Somebody actually yeah. saw it. Somebody saw that movie. Uh, wasn't good. I saw it. It wasn't Dracula, but it was, it was a movie. <laughs> so, this, but you know what? Even this thing being 15 seconds, like, it has Tom Cruise, it's got Russell Crowe, and it's got a chick where her pupils split into four pupils. Oh, Why shit. is Enchantress in this movie? Yeah, who is that? Is that well, the Enchantress? I don't understand what's going on. Whoever is playing the female mummy, it's the same actress that played the the alien girl that the team from the Enterprise uh, met right. up with in the new Star Trek. I'm going to look it up. There was, I, I don't remember her name. Oh, it's that she's playing alien people in, in So it's. Now. Yeah, so apparently it's her her thing is going to be being like I guess the female Doug Jones. Her name is uh Sophia Butella. There you go. Is uh her character's name is Amanet. So you got Tom Cruise, Russell Crowe, Jake Johnson, Courtney B Vance. I like Nutella. Nutella is delicious on fucking toast. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Oh Henry. Oh my god, guys, Dude, I can't. Oh, again. so Russell Crowe, so they're setting up Dr. Russell Crowe's playing Dr. Henry Jekyll to Ooh. set up that movie. What'd you guys think of this? Uh, the little teaser and what we got. The fact, the, the fact that you're telling me about this whole yeah. like monster movie yeah. shared universe, you yeah. can't hear how hard my eyes are rolling right now. <laughs> this is the original shared universe, though. These guys, they started this back in the in the fifties with the with their movies. The, these <laughs> Universal monsters are actually amazing, and it's really hard to top the shit that they already did. You know, it's really tough to beat those classics. 
Hold on. Yeah. And I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the problem I have is, is that I will not accept this as being a shared universe until they all show up and start scaring Abbott and Costello. <laughs> hey, Abbott and Costello be Frankenstein. Hey, Abbott. Uh, like, is it seem a little like forced to have fucking Tom Cruise in this? That's uh, yeah. like, because otherwise yeah. nobody's going to give a fuck. Because there, there's no movie Tom Cruise is in where you don't just see it as Tom Cruise. It's going to be Tom Cruise versus a mummy. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise versus Russell. How would this work though? How would this, uh, would they fight each other? What would one of them going to be good? Like, what is it? Like, like in these Marvel movies, they're all heroes and they're all banding together and they're all like, we're just, there's no bad guy. These are like all bad guys. I hope to God it's that they're all coming together to kill humanity. Like the Godzilla thing with, with King Kong, it, it makes sense. They have a shared universe and they can have a bunch of monsters that could fight each other. And then the movies won't be about them. They'll be about the supporting characters, but they'll be loosely shared. You know what I mean? Yeah, the whole thing, uh, that, that's, that's a very good question. So the synopsis for this one says, An ancient princess is awakened from her crypt beneath the desert, bringing with her malevolence grown over millennia and terrors that defy human comprehension. Uh, yeah, so the mummy's a, b- a bad guy. Uh, I don't know. The mummy's always a bad guy. Yeah, the mummy's going to be a bad guy. Was Dracula was the protagonist of that one movie yes yes he was because he had to save his people oh so he'll be the good guy yeah, and was, he'll kill everybody else the right? ottomans were fucking with him and so he had to get rid of the ottomans uh, yeah, but, but, I, I, I just like i just like chairs yeah i, I like mad uh, dude where do you put your feet though you gotta put your feet somewhere Oh God! Can't just have these first hanging. world problems. God, <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Matt. I think that they should all team up and just kill everyone. Like they shouldn't be the good guys. Like it should just be a movie with a bunch of monsters and uh, people trying to stop them. That'd be great. So like it's monster the Monster Squad. squad. Yeah, oh. there you go. Oh, shit, that's a uh, jinx on both of you. Uh, yeah. That, so we'll that we'll, we'll see the full trailer by the time this you guys are listening to this. You'll have seen the full trailer. It may make a little more sense. But good luck to them. Everybody needs a shared universe. Finally, in uh, movie news, we we mentioned last week uh, the head of Lucasfilm said that there was going to be no opening scroll in the Star Wars Rogue One. Well, Gareth Edwards, director of the Rogue One, has confirmed there will be no opening crawl. This is what he says. He says there is no opening crawl, but there is a prologue at the beginning of the film that takes place 15 years before the action of the film. And that is how the action is exposed. Our film comes from the text of episode four. If we give it the text, it would be endless. We really had to differentiate Rogue One from the rest of the saga. So I'm okay with no scroll. I was just wondering how they're going to set this up. This kind of makes sense. I don't think they need a scroll. No, but you're you're showing us. So 15 years before, in between, what what do you think that's going to be? Do you read the scroll? I never read it. I always read the scroll. This is 15 years before A New Hope? Well, what how I read this is that the beginning of the prologue is going to take 15 years before Rogue oh, One before the starts. movie. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be the whole thing with her dad. Getting oh, yes. Captured. Yes. And she's a kid and shit. Okay. See, that upsets me because when last when last week you guys were doing the episode and, and um, the president of what was it Marvel or of Lucasfilm? Yes. Was saying, uh, oh, it's it's going to have an opening that's very similar to it having a World War II right. war, war right. setting. Yeah. Immediately, I was like, oh, please, God, tell me they're going to have the Saving Private Ryan Omaha Beach opening. Wouldn't that have been fucking amazing? I, just like, want, I want the first 20 minutes of this movie to just be people getting fucking limbs blown off. Stormtroopers on one side <laughs> and fucking the rebel on the other side just getting devout. That's kind of what I thought, too. I was like, what does that mean? A traditional war, war, World War II movie. 
But I guess uh, they're just doing your standard, here's a flashback to set up our main character and the whole plot, and here we go. Uh, he was also quizzed on other aspects of the film connecting to A New Hope. Uh, we know the film's events lead up to Darth Vader boarding Princess Leia's ship, searching for the stolen plans. But will Leia and R2 be in the movie? He said, I don't want to ruin it for people. Uh, which means which nothing. Which means no. Which means probably not. Uh, the famous opening, uh, which features a yellow plot somebody crawling up the screen of John Williams' classic score, which is part of the saga films, won't be there. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay, dude. I'm excited to see this because it's a nice fucking war movie. I have a little bit of an exclusive sneak peek. Now, look, listener, we do these geek shows, and we also interview a lot of people. We've had Oscar winners on the show. We've had uh, Floyd Norman, animator from Disney. We've had Emmy winners. So we got some insiders. I got a clip of some of the opening music. It's exclusive to this show, and I can't reveal the source. He'll get in trouble. So right here, right now, I'm going to break the new Star Wars score. You guys ready? Ah, Star Wars. Classic feel to it, yeah. Listen, it harkens back to the 70s. This was running through my head all day. I'm sorry. I had to fucking clip, clip fill this clip. Ah, Bill Murray. Look, if you're anybody from people under the age of 40, uh, that was from a uh, late 70s Saturday Night Live bit where bill murray's a loud singer and just and he did he did jaws one episode that was great uh he did uh he would just make up words to classic movie scores i swear that's been going through my head all day i've been walking around going star wars those beautiful star wars uh okay that was uh lame moving on uh i have some uh uh netflix streaming a little bit of streaming netflix news uh, to discuss with you guys. So Netflix has been doing some crazy things. Like we talked about this deal with Marvel exclusive, meaning the movies will come to the theater. They'll go to DVD and they're going to go straight to Netflix. Oh shit! No, they're not going to cable. So in December, uh, civil war is going to be on Netflix. You can watch Captain America, civil war on Netflix. That's cool. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Right. Second, well, now yeah. here's my question. Yes. Does that mean that they won't be having them running on things like Cinemax and stars and stuff the, like that? They anymore? will not. Okay. Cause for a long time they were playing Ant-Man on stars. Yeah. That's uh, probably going to change now. I don't know if they'll, I wonder if the old ones can still be run. I don't know the, 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 the details of the, that's a good question. I think moving forward, this is the path. Uh, all these shows are going to take. They also have a similar deal with the CW shows where once the season of Flash is over, two weeks later, the whole season is on Netflix. Now, another great thing, if you are a Comcast Xfinity subscriber, you got that fancy X1 box that you could talk, you know, the one you could talk to your remote. You could pre- I do. Yeah, so you could press that button and you could say Netflix and Netflix will pop up right on the Comcast. So that uh, that partnership has been crazy. It's Of course, it's helping Xfinity more than it's helping Netflix, but really both parties uh, win from that one. And then now, finally, Netflix will allow you to download media so you don't have to stream everything. Oh, shit. So if you're going on a a plane ride, uh, if you're going to be away from the Internet, you can download stuff for later. But there's a few weird caveats with this. Uh, It only works on devices, iOS or Android devices. So you can't do this on a laptop. You could do this. Because then you would just share it. 
Well, I'm sure there's some DRM stuff in there, and I think I have a little bit about that. Of course, you would share it, They and they also expire. But nowadays, everybody can just, like, if you have Apple TV, dude, you pull it up on your phone and you throw it up to the, the, the computer. Or a lot of people were like, look, I take my laptop with can me. Can you Chromecast it? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm probably, that's a good question. So you have to, like, they want it. So on tablets and phones and devices, you can download all of these. Now, you're going to need a lot of storage because you're going to, you can download these in standard def or high def. Of course, high def is twice as much. Uh, so at, at some points, like they say, if you need uh, a black mirror, if you were to take six episodes of black mirror, it's like 1.8 gigs of free space for the standard def. So that's a lot of uh, gigabytes. Did you yeah. see that new thing that just came up on Netflix? It, it wants to ask you if you want to upgrade to like a better Netflix, like, uh, there's a better Netflix for two more dollars, uh, 4k Netflix. Oh yeah. 4k content. So they're doing you, but they're making you pay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, cause what they do is, is that it's, they have three levels of Netflix now. And what it is, is it's, uh, the quality of the video that you get, as well yeah. as how many devices you can have linked to that account. At oh, one time. that's right. Cause people share, but now they kind of let them share. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and we also talked about in Pasadena, they're trying to fucking tax streaming Netflix tax, which is complete bullshit. You can't tax streaming. That's ridiculous. They can tax these nuts. That's right. I got your fucking tax right here. But this, so it only works in the Netflix app. You're going to have to update your app. And it's kind of like a Spotify where you can download stuff. It's DRM copyright restricted and uh, it kind of expires. So the things expire in seven days. Something tells me this is something that they. Uh, I don't want to say took from, but learned from uh, Xfinity because with Xfinity, if you have the X one thing, you know, you can do um, on demand and everything like that, but you can also download um, movies or TV show episodes and stuff like that to a device. Oh, you, you can want to as with well. the Xfinity? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I downloaded star Wars episode seven to my phone the one day. Cause I was like, I haven't seen this in a while and I still don't own it yet. Wow. So I did that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go fucking buy it. And so oh. I did. Oh, I and I took it off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, so with this partnership with Xfinity, that's interesting because they were talking about all this shit like months ago. They were going to uh, uh, enable downloads. So I don't know. I like streaming shit. And I, I'm again, I'm grandfathered into like a uh, uh, unlimited data plan on my phone. But that's I, that's the problem I would run into yeah. is that because I'm not on, on unlimited data, if I'm streaming on my phone like that eats up your data like nothing else. But these days, I usually watch the Netflix either on the Apple TV, on the TV, or the Amazon Fire Stick. Like, I like, I don't like watching it on the phone. It's too fucking small. Like, I want to watch it on television. It's terrible. I mean, it's mostly just for anyone who's traveling, really. Yeah. You know, you, you, don't, you don't have a TV with you if you're going everywhere all the time. So, if you want to, you know, you're going to be on the bus or something heading into a job. Yep. And, you know, yep. you have at least an hour on your commute. You can watch an episode of something or whatever it is. We'll see where this streaming war goes. Uh, Matt, I got some video game news I put in for you. What? Yeah, because uh, the Delhauer's on the How Do I Jump uh, occasionally. And uh, you, uh, Telltale, the wonderful Telltale games. Have you guys been playing the Batman game at all? No, is it good? Uh, uh, I, I played, played the it. first episode of it, and it was actually very good. I haven't kept up with it because I'm poor. And so even their $5 a month setup See, doesn't I don't like work that. for me. I don't like that subscription either. I yeah. just wait till they're all out and buy them in one shot. That's basically what I'm going to do, too. 
I I don't that five dollar like I played the first couple of Walking Dead ones and I'm like I really don't have to keep paying for this really mm-hmm. just give me the fucking game so I guess there's this thing called the Game Awards and uh, they revealed Telltale revealed that their next game is gonna be Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. and there's a little trailer uh, and it says uh, Telltale's Kevin Bruner said that the game will, players will take on multiple roles within the ragtag band of heroes and take the pilot seat. And directing their escapades around the universe, so that's kind of cool. They they're great. Like they've had the Fables game, they did a Game of Thrones game, they did uh, Back to the Future, right? That was them too. Yep, they did Back to the Future. But, but um, for like phone games, you can play them on your phone, right? You can play them on your phone. You can play them on a laptop. You could do them on uh, console. Oh, and they did Walking Dead. The that Walking Dead, of course. The Batman game got me excited. Uh, this one, I mean, it's great with another comic book property. Uh, any, are you guys excited for this? I don't know. I am just because I'm I'm a big fan of of uh, Guardians. Um, it is honestly my number one Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, as well as the fact that you know, uh, not to pitch already, but you know, uh, Cape Swish did do an uh an episode or an episode. We did uh, do an audio play that was Guardians of the Galaxy. Right on. Who'd you play? We all loved. We all loved being in it. I was Drax. Oh, you were Drax. Nice. So um, when when uh, Pete went posting this up on Facebook saying that the Telltale was going to do it, I said, all I need is that every interaction has a uh, an option where I can just say Drax hit somebody and I'll be fine. <laughs> I will uh, look for the listener. I'll put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. If you guys like audio drama, Cape Swish does a good job. I love the, the killing joke one you guys did uh, was way better than a fucking animated movie. <laughs> yeah. Tell you that much. Just listen to that. Don't watch the movie. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the game. I'd love to check it out. I, I think Telltale has the same problem that Marvel does, that you can very quickly start to see the formula in what they do with their games. Uh, so it can become a little stale over time. The problem is, I mean, it's, and this is the big thing of it, is that, you know, the way that the games operate, they're all, they all operate exactly the same. It's, you know, it's move over here, touch on this, click that, click this, have this conversation, all right, next episode. But... It's this. It is because the stories that they're telling are the thing that you're supposed to be enjoying more than the actual gameplay. And I know that some people will feel that that doesn't make sense for gaming, but it's it is it's like the ultimate in casual gaming. Yeah, it's a different experience. It's like uh, it's like you're involved with like a book more, I guess, and you're kind mm-hmm. of controlling. Choose your. But look, they said that you get to pilot the fucking ship. I wonder uh, how that's going to work out. All right, uh, Rugs, do you like these games at all? Would you be where you? I played Walking Dead, yeah. and it was cool. Yeah. I liked it. I just didn't think. It's kind of like after you have like an Xbox One or PS4 with the graphics all like, you know, dialed up to 11. Right. And then you go to a Telltale game and it's like this. It's nice, but it's like kind of cutesy. Yeah. And it just doesn't uh, have as much pow to it. So I like the way Delauer put it. It's high end casual gaming. Yeah. But I mean, I would like that. See, that's something I would like. It's not too involved. But- I, I don't know if it's Telltale, but they, they had this game. It was about this girl in high school. Uh, Life it, is strange. Yes, it reminds me a lot of a Telltale game. Yeah, the it was. Are better. I heard that it game was really uh, well. Square Enix put out Life is Strange. It was their attempt to capitalize on the Telltale success. Yeah, it was pretty cool though. It was more interactive. Oh yeah, a lot of people I know said that they they think it's it's actually better than Telltale does. I played some of the first episode. I honestly, the concept is really cool for it. I could not get past the super teenage melodrama feel from it. 
that was like I, I, I went through high school once already. I really don't care. So it's just straight up drama. There's no paranormal anything going on. No, no there stopped. is. Oh, there, there is. is. You're just playing like a high school girl, and you got. I think you can stop time or something. Yeah, it's it's a you you have the ability to rewind time, and then you can you can re uh you know you can you can have it so that when you rewind time, you know you can choose to say this and oh that that wound up not working the way I wanted it to. Okay, rewind it. Maybe I'll say this instead. Ah. But what it is is no matter what you do, you know it has some sort of an effect that will play out down the road. And once you have set and decided on one thing to happen. And you know you're you're not playing the whole rewinding time thing anymore. Yeah. That's it. It's done. You can't go back. And you're heading again. that way. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the 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 screenshots look interesting. She's playing guitar. She's flicking off the camera. Yeah. She looks very trendy. Very trendy girl. Right on. Finally, I found this really weird article. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if this is fake. Is this fake news? Fake science. It comes from themindunleashed.com. Sounds like a reputable source. Right? That sounds real to me. Hey, it's on the internet. Headline. Comes from notfakenews.net. This is from not, really not the fake news. The headline says, recently declassified documents suggest that thousands of people may have superhuman powers. Uh, a recently declassified document that was unearthed through the Freedom of Information Act suggests that the Chinese government has conducted massive scale studies on superhuman powers like telepathy, uh, psychokinesis, approb- approbation, aerokinesis, clairsentience, clairaudience, and more. The U.S. Central Intelligence Agency was appraised of these studies and could have conducted similar investigations, all while keeping the results hidden from the general public. The document is titled Chronology of Recent Interests and Exceptional Functions of the Human Body in the People's Republic of China, which you can find on the CIA's website. It details studies with the Chinese government and other agencies Funded to test thousands of children to see if they had superhuman abilities. This is like a fucking episode of the X-Files. So basically what it sounds like isn't so much the idea that China has superheroes. Yeah. It's that China finds really stupid ways to waste their own money. Yeah, we thought we wasted money in our government. Boy, let me tell you what. Guys, 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 just, just listen to me. For a second here, we're gonna now. If one person yeah. in this country is a superhero, we need to know about it. I need you to give me forty million dollars and at least a hundred kids to throw off this building and see if they fly. And, and if they float, <laughs> then they're a witch. Look, it says that they were so interested in the possibility of these superhuman individuals that hundreds of testing centers were set up across China. They did not reveal the results except for the mention of one individual. A Qigong grandmaster, Zhang Baosheng, who was able to smell the contents of messages written on folded slips of paper and once relocated physical objects from inside sealed containers to another location. Now, I believe David Blaine can do that. I was going to say, so he is a sleight of hand magician. Who also has the same power as Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. Pretty much. What is a lemonade, a stripper, and $500? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. He could smell it. He could smell it. He could smell what the content is written. Like The Rock, Bao Sheng was named by high-ranking communist leaders as a healer with extraordinary powers in the 1980s. He was later arrested for fraud, 1995. <laughs> it is really? Said, oh, yes, yeah. It is said that he and others of the Qigong movement took a shortcut to scientific exploration and utilized weird science and superstition 
to promote their abilities. I believe in this because as a felty, yes. I defy all laws of uh, physics. That's what I'm saying. You got cursed. You were a yeah. born a Magic human. Magic is real. And, and he eats food and it goes nowhere. This is some right. It just poof. And it's like he's not full. This is some John Constantine shit. Wonder where, wonder where the food ends up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe it's like an alternate uh, you know, I think dimension. in your gullet hole is like a, yeah, is a portal and it goes to Earth 12. I don't yeah. know. It uh, goes to Earth 34 and <laughs> it's just a garbage dump. Uh, yeah. Rugboy is single-handedly destroying a whole multiverse. Oh, shit. <laughs> Supergirl's Earth is just <laughs> Rugboy's asshole. It's full of like junk food and wrappers and cotton. Uh, uh, apparently Princeton scientists have found out that telekinesis and psychokinesis are very real. Uh, they talk about Alice in Wonderland. The White Queen tells Alice that memory works both ways. The superhuman power of Claire audience, along with many other Claire's, has also been scientifically documented. Cornell, Dr. Byrne, a social psychologist at Cornell University, has conducted a series of experiments that are published in one of the most prestigious psychology journals. Across nine experiments, Byrne examined the idea that our brain has the ability to not only reflect on past experiences, but also anticipate Future experiences, just like Ulysses in Civil War II in the comic books, the, that's like an inhuman power. The, the, this ability for the brain to see into the future is often referred to as psi phenomena. He used well-established standard scientific methods to study this phenomenon and found that we are all equipped with the ability to see into the future. Some people, I guess, it just are more in tune and developed it. I thought this was fucking nuts. I was like, now, what the shit is going on here? Well, the possibility of these people like being found in an experiment. Yes. The ratio of these people has to be pretty common. There has to be like one in every like 2000 people or something for them to have to be able to find these people. Right. Well, because the, have- the, the problem that I already see with it is the fact that one thing you're always going to notice when it comes to any kind of scientific study is at some point or another, they're always going to claim it found what they wanted it to. Right. Because if they don't, then they lose funding. They just have to say, this is exactly what we were going to find. Well, at yeah, the well, the whole thing is that they have to, they have to like experiment on a cross section of like a small group of people. They're not going to, they can't just blanket the whole entire China and, and find these people. Oh, yeah. So, so that means that the percentage of these people that they found have to be like one in a thousand or one in two thousand. So in our life, lives, we've met thousands of people and we have we met anybody with superpowers. No, we would we would have run across someone by that by this point. Because now and especially when they're talking about things like like um like psychokinesis or or telekinesis or even telepathy and stuff like that. Uh, recently, I was listening to an episode of the Cracked podcast yeah. from Cracked.com. Yeah. They were talking about things that were like psychic myths that you see in movies and TVs right. that are complete bullshit. Okay. And they talked to a uh, behavioral specialist named, hold on, let me look, uh, Peter McGraw. Mm-hmm. And what it was is he he was talking about things such as the fragility of human memory. And basically on the idea of how eyewitness testimony, it should almost never be accepted in any sort of court case. Sure, yeah. Because human memory can be easily manipulated to remembering what you want them to. Yeah. And you see it all the time with like, you know, police, you know, interrogations where they constantly will bring up something specific, hoping that the person will then tie that to what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can then be like, oh, well, so you did see him like cut her head off? He's like, you know, now that you say it, yeah, I did. Like no, he didn't. You you led him to believe that. It's it's why hypnotism works. 
because it's just the power of suggestion. The whole concept is being able to convince somebody else that what you want them to believe is actually real. Whoa. In a way, that's kind of like a superpower. Like you're it's, controlling. It's kind of like thoughts. a superpower, but yeah. it, it, what it is is it's it's not you know an extra you know sensory power or anything. No, right. It's just understanding a concept well enough that you know other people don't. Hmm. I mean, I think our our minds have the potential for this, and uh, we. But there was that. This, this article also references that movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, that was uh, mm-hmm. based off. It was called the Stargate Project, I guess, in 1978, Fort Meade, Maryland, by the Defense Intelligence Agency, and they investigated the potential for psychic phenomena uh, in military and domestic. Yeah, you got to believe that if this shit is happening, they're keeping it under wraps, and uh, we're not going to hear about it. It's 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 the same thing that was the MK Ultra program. Yes, it, it's straight up just feeding people LSD and seeing if they can unleash a part of their mind that they don't have control on. There was, uh, speaking of which, I just listened to a uh, a recent episode of the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about, they were talking about aliens, but he was also talking about um, taking DMT, which is like this chemical found in plants. Uh, Joe Rogan is a huge fan of DMT. He loves DMT. It's in ayahuasca, but check this out. This is what he said. He's like, after taking DMT, I realized that our concept of aliens was completely ridiculous. The fact that they have arms and legs and a big head and big eyes. He goes in, he's like, there's various reports from people who have never met each other that while on DMT in that state of, of consciousness, they have met, they have met aliens there. And all these people have said the same thing that these aliens said to them. We're so glad that you finally found this technology because now we can communicate with you. In the DMT altered mind state. And you know what? I want to fucking try DMT. Oh, shit. Uh, because I heard it is some crazy shit. Like, oh, yeah. I, again, I, I honestly don't remember if it was the cracked podcast or an episode of Doctor Who, but I remember seeing something where they talked about the concept that alien beings do not have to be tied down to the five senses that we right, have right. just because we have them. They, because, could have, right. they could have forms of art that are aimed at a sense that we don't even have that we will never be able to understand. I mean, it would be technically and now that we've blown our minds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be so alien that we wouldn't even know what we're looking at. Like I can't, you can't even describe it because it's so alien, but it kind of makes sense that they're at a higher consciousness at another level of reality. Well- if you do drugs, you could see aliens and have psychic powers. Exactly. 100%. Kids, that's why you should do drugs, to meet the aliens. I highly the, encourage Maybe them. that's what Dion Warwick and Miss Cleo were up to. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go moving on into TV, have yeah. any of you ever heard of the future alien theory? No. So the, the concept that it's very, very quick. Um, it, the concept is every time you ever hear a story about someone being abducted by aliens and, you know, it's the people with it's, it's aliens with big heads and large eyes and really long limbs and everything. Yeah. It's the idea that they're not actually aliens. They are humans from so far in the future oh, snap. that evolution has made them into a completely different creature. That makes more sense because you would think that it, as we evolve, we wouldn't need hair. Our brains would get bigger. Our bodies would kind of shrivel because all They've, the power is up in the head. There has already been studies that you know, are at least, I guess, projections that people have claimed with the technology that we have with cell phones and TVs and computers and everything that over the course of, you know, a few hundred years, the human eyes will, in fact, grow in size because of how much we use them for taking in information. Sure. Wow. 
Wow, so maybe those aliens are fucking time travelers. So no. there's no boobs in the future? Apparently not. Not if you've seen these fucking Or no parade. women allowed to time travel. I mean, you know, President <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Trump's alien future now, boy. <laughs> wow. You never see aliens with boobs. No, you don't. They're very, they're all flat chested. Yeah. Uh, but, dude, that just blew my mind in several directions. We may well, have. So isn't that why they're abducting us all the time? Aren't they constantly trying to get women pregnant? Well, well, yeah, why, they like miss the boobs. Why they would they come back? Why would they? That, that's why they come back. Like, we the have past. to go back. We have to go back and see some boobs. We screwed up. There's no boobs in the future. We got to go back. <laughs> Remember boobs? Get on the wave rider. <laughs> we need to create a time machine immediately. <laughs> I'm starting to forget boobs. This is we not We just good. solved the whole entire future <laughs> alien oh, thing. Shit. <laughs> I the show. That's why they're here. You heard it here. You first. heard it here. There's people with superpowers. Aliens exist when you take DMT. And we've come back from the past because we miss boobs. All right. That wraps up the new segment. That's the perfect place. Uh, we're going to pause for some promos and carry on. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, JT. Go to Jacob. Whiskey TK. Hey, Jack and Nerds, this is Insert Coin to Continue. So you've already fucked. All right, all right. Everyone needs to know that that's, that's too many fucking air horns. Oh. I disagree. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> what take for the jerk Olympics? <laughs> Just go that first one. Rolling. Please check us out at insertcointcontinue.ca and on Twitter at credit number two continue. Bye. Peace. Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. Hi there, this is Brett Stewart from the Jukebox Podcast. Are you a huge fan of music or perhaps you'd like to expand your sonic horizons? Well, I am here to help. Every month, the Jukebox digs deep into the finest of the world's independent music. From folk to blues to hip-hop, rock and roll, jazz, spoken word, experimental, even classical, we spend time with it all. Plus, I bring industry professionals and fellow fans on Jukebox Roundtables every month to discuss the latest news and topics in the industry. Join me at JukeboxPodcast.com and on all major podcatchers. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Yahoo! Look, if you guys uh, you enjoy the show, if you've been listening for a while, make sure you subscribe, first of all. Just go to jockandnerd.com, subscribe on whatever platform. But you can also join our fun fan club on the Patreons. Just go to jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, where you can hook us up for a low monthly donation, and you will get bonus content out the wazoo. Just like hours and hours of Hilarious clips, full episodes, post-shows, pre-shows, instant reactions. Uh, and it helps us keep the show going. show is always free, but we appreciate your support. And thank you, everyone, who is supporting us on the Patreons. And it, we may have more content going to it soon. Potentially things like Q&As yes. or something of that nature. Uh, if you have things that you want to say to Imran and tell him he's wrong or tell him, my God, that voice... Uh, do it. 
Listen, if you give us money, you he'll can tell have us to anything. read it. He'll have yeah. to read it uh, on air. Yes. And then react to it. Basically, if you give us money, I'll do whatever you want. Talking nerd. Uh, that could be very. I may have just. He will do it. Oh, boy. I just will. So you know, Listen, you could, yeah, send things for him to say in his high nasally voice. <laughs> I'm always looking for excuses to make an ass of myself. Listen, but trust me. We've seen him naked. So see we, me naked. You see me dancing with an old black woman in a video. Uh, you yeah. see me doing uh, hip hop. I've karaoke. seen him dance as an old black woman. Yeah, in all, a video. Yes. Yes. So uh, the point is, check out the fan club. Talking there. He'll do, he really will do anything. As Patreon, we love you guys. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Okay, guys, look. Let's talk about this crazy CW DC crossover. That aired this week based on the 1988 comic book event miniseries titled Invasion! Exclamation mark. Uh, that was from Keith Giffen, Bill Matlow, Todd McFarlane, and Bart Sears. Uh, two great artists uh, right there, McFarlane and Bart Sears. God, just just knowing it was McFarlane explains the way the Dominators look. Well, that's what I remembered from. So in 1988, I was like, I was, I was like uh, in the, my teens, and I had just been reading comic books for maybe like a year or two. But I remember... The McFarlane drawn yellow aliens with the, they were yellow. They had red dots, uh, just like a big bloodshot red dot. Um, and so, yeah, that explains all the fucking teeth in these aliens. Rugs, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go episode by episode, but I think let's start with our overall thoughts. We're going to do each individual episode. Well, we'll just kind of skim through I mean, it. We, we'll I was going to say, we can kind of just like yeah. gloss over them because I am not going to go into depth on it. No, we're not going into depth. Yeah. The point that's the we'll point forever. No, well, the point of that is that they lied to us in the promotion. Oh, shit. They hyped this as a four episode crossover. It was not a four episode crossover, people. And uh, Matt got really mad that I made him watch Supergirl. I knowing- fucking <laughs> yelled at him. <laughs> this was a 3.1 episode crossover. Why? Because in the very last fucking final minutes of Supergirl, Barry and Cisco just show up in a breach and they're like, hey, we need your help. And then they redo it in and the flash. And then it's, it's yes. the exact same scene that they do in the flash. So you it was- didn't even have to watch the goddamn episode. No, you didn't. Remember, undercover asshole. Oh, uh, yes, that's, uh, sorry. I just wanted you to be as annoyed as I was because I was like, I knew like halfway why through. Why do you think this happened? I'll tell you why. This was Supergirl's mid-season finale. They needed to wrap some shit up, but I don't appreciate them lying and saying, I mean, technically it was in four episodes and the little, so there was like time breaches throughout the episode, which again, it was nice, but completely unnecessary, even though it did distract Cyborg Superman at one point. And even to the point where he's like, like she's fighting Cyborg Superman and he's like, no one's coming to save you. And then here comes a time portal. I'm like, great. Here comes the flash. Save her and we'll get into the event. No, no, no. That's what I thought. That's what I hoped was going to happen was it was going to be these fuckers and they just kind of knock him on his ass. And uh, then and then so that would have been like half three and a half episodes. But no. Yeah, it would have helped a lot. Right. (laughs) Instead, I got to watch. Um, Supergirl sit in a room with Monel and ask him, "Do you like like me?" <laughs> I don't think I don't think that they had Supergirl planned to be in the, these three episodes. I think they maybe they wrote it before she was part of the deal. That's possible because she didn't cut the deal to bring her over. Didn't really come until after the first season was over, and they probably had this planned already. And uh, that's a good point. Uh, thinking about how they used her throughout the four, the three episodes. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, fuck you for making us think it was four episodes. Let's start with the flash where you see, uh, I just love, 
uh, Barry's uh, reaction to just, it starts, fucking alien crashes, and he goes, aliens, and freaks out. Um, what did you guys think overall of the, the these next three episodes of Flash, Arrow, and Legends? I'll say Arrow was definitely the stronger of the three episodes. Arrow had a lot of weight to carry. Like, Legends had to finish it out and kind of carried more of the crossovery goodness. Arrow, this was Arrow's 100th episode, and I thought they did a... I think overall they did a really good job at involving the storylines in each of the shows and keeping this big arc I going. Thought it was the, I thought it was the most shitty thing I've ever seen. The whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it had some fun moments with them interacting with each other, but if you look at the storyline... And all the things that they did, it was like full of holes. 100% agree. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was clunky. Yeah. There was disappearing people all over the place. There was people that were involved and then they're not involved. And Supergirl gets like sidelined for the the end. She's missing for like the whole, like a half hour. This He is touching on fucking everything. Everything I wrote notes about. <laughs> so the things, the things that I touched on were, uh, you know... I, I went almost what the fuck happened on this that I, I was like typing up my little <laughs> things while I was watching it. And they included things like, why is Supergirl even here? Yeah. Yeah. She shows up. They pra- they all decide they're going to train for like 20 minutes. And it, they, their training is just, we're all going to try shooting Supergirl at the same time. And she's just going to. It was the worst training I've ever seen. I love, ever. I love that she was just enjoying that, though. Like, I love the look it on rhymes. her face. Look, I, I mean, that's, that's the thing is, I, I'm totally behind the idea that, like, while they're all trying to, like, train against a, a strong alien, she's like, this is fun for me because yeah. I feel no pain. My problem with it is, was, you know, she shows up, they do training. And then she goes running off to go try and save the president. Boom. Immediately, she gets uh, mind-controlled. And now we've got half the team is bad, half the team is good. And now they have to fight each other. Because apparently, you can't ever do a superhero crossover without heroes fighting each right, other. Right, without them. Uh, but They even uh, ripped off the fucking Civil War parking lot running thing. A little mm-hmm. bit. A little bit. And then, like, the president uh, getting killed was very Mars Attacks uh, yeah. 50s. Uh, look, I, look, it was schlocky. But then, was, so they yeah. they used her to then try and stop the mind control. That's great. She has like one bit of action in the Arrow episode where she and Flash are part of the B story, and then from then on, she is sitting on the sideline doing fucking nothing what? until the end of the story because Oliver Queen's like, I don't know, I guess I don't trust you or something because yeah, you know I, I'm brooding. I, I didn't understand that at all. Like, what is your? Dude, it was deal? it was fucking bullshit. What? Why would you sideline Supergirl just because you have uh you can't fucking deal with it right now? It's the not- moment that they have the big rooftop fight during the Legends episode. Yes. All I wrote was Supergirl can handle this by herself. Why are you all here? <laughs> well, and the hilarious thing was like I'm like Diggle is fighting aliens. This is fucking. He's useless. What are you doing? You can't shoot him. You have no power. Same thing with Oliver. Like, yeah, Diggle got a lot of punishment. He got this beat thing. down by these fucking Dominators time and time again. And the Dominators, they had these, they had these lasers, and they never used them. They had these wrist-mounted guns, and they and never they, shot them. They and then there was like yeah. only in the last fight did they realize they apparently grow like spines out of their arms to try and stab people with. Yeah, they didn't really have any. Yeah, weapons. they're like they're like these advanced aliens, and then why the fuck are they even doing ground uh, fighting? <laughs> I think the problem that was the other problem I had. There's absolutely there's no development, no explanation for the Dominators other than like I think my favorite thing is at one point Supergirl says like, oh, the Dominators. Yeah, I know about them. They attacked Krypton once. Yeah. In Earth 34, nothing you say is has any value here right now. 
They were just strictly like to come down, unite everyone, like, and then get beat and leave. How, how did that resolve the whole Barry Allen uh, message that would that the legends got? That was a little bit confusing, also, because um, yeah, he says he don't. Did it. I don't know. No, he says don't. It, I don't think. I don't think it did. So he, the message was, I changed the timeline. Don't trust me. Don't trust anybody. But I don't. I, is that what he's talking about? Then everybody goes and changes the timeline. They all fuck like with everybody the changed yes. the timeline yes. in that episode. Yes. They're like, okay, yes. no backsies. Yeah. Ultimately, the problem I had was, is it was like, oh no, changing the timeline led to these aliens attacking. So let's go back and change the timeline so the aliens won't attack. Oh no, we changed the timeline and the aliens are attacking harder. Oops. <laughs> oh, that's right. And Cisco's like, oh wait, this time I fucked up. I did enjoy that they Barry's finally getting shit for like fucking with the time so much. Everyone is just pissed at him. I think, honestly, here's the way I look at it. The problem I have with everybody always being mad at Barry for the fucking uh, Flashpoint thing is it doesn't matter. Like, Cisco's brother's dead. No one cared about Cisco's brother. <laughs> and, like, to make it that now Cisco cares about Cisco's brother is bad writing. He, Dante um, was in a couple episodes, but you're they right. Took away, yeah. They took away Diggle's daughter, and now he has a son, but at least he still has a fucking he kid. He still has a kid, so he he's never even out. knew that kid. He never he's, even yeah, had any exactly. memories of that kid. It's like, oh, you took my daughter away from you? Well, do you remember how your entire life you've had a son and never had a daughter? Yeah, just focus on that. How then. can you miss because what you, you don't you are remember? Getting it, like, you are getting the least screwed here. And then Stein creates – he fucks up and creates his daughter who – she's a series regular. He's not going to – he was like – Which I was a- the most interesting one of them because yeah. while everyone else is mourning for shit they didn't actually lose right. except for maybe Cisco mourning his brother, Stein now has to deal with the fact that I accidentally made myself a father. I made a daughter. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Aren't his memories supposed to adjust? Well, they, they were, were they were glitching in. Uh, he was suddenly getting like flashes of memories that he couldn't understand. Yeah, and it was it was kept all seeing him her. Mem- remembering that he's a father. Yeah, he kept. Seeing yeah, I got that, episodes. but um, it should be. How long does it take for him to get all his memories back? He still doesn't well, know her. What I think it is is that it's it's because he is outside of time as much that he may have the memories of her being his daughter and him like I guess raising her. But he also has the ability to understand this isn't because I had a daughter and that's always been that I yeah, had a daughter. It seem like it's that, that I did this because that, I changed something. That in the would past. make more sense that he understands that that's not his daughter, but he remembers him, her, her being brought up by him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, oh, no, I get whatever. you. I get what you mean. Because there's the one point where she's like, oh, you remember when we did this one thing? And he goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was weird because I thought you would when you change the timeline, everything resets and then you get the memories of whatever would have happened. Well, to you, the, but he- I think the problem is, is that in the first season of Legends, they were like, oh, well, when you change something in the past, there's a certain amount of time before it's concreted into to place. Ugh, that but you they can also go back and change time, it again. That's the, they also but said then, time like, is a river. They, yeah, but then at the same time, it's also like, yeah, but they never really stick to the idea that yeah, they, the past finally cements into uh, place. Yeah. They don't stick to their own rules. Ever. That's the I mean, main overall problem is they they don't follow. They haven't set any. They've set all these wacky, contradicting rules. And they don't set and they don't stick to any of them. And they just go around willy nilly changing things. And it's kind of hard to follow because it doesn't make any sense. Like people like this shit and I don't get it. I, so, I, mean, I enjoyed it because look, it was fun. It was fun seeing all these people on the screen and fighting all at once at the same time. Like when we've never had that. There but was, the, there wasn't even good fighting. It was terrible during the flash episode. Right. I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure Katie lots was not there for a lot of it. 
because they very blatantly had a stunt double with a wig in front of her face. Yeah, I, no- I noticed that. I noticed that. I was like, how come that hair is like always in front of her face while she's fighting and she's spinning around and you still can't see her fucking face like there's the point where like she's walking down through like a tunnel and it's like it was her and i guess i don't remember who are the, the other the two people with her were and you just see that they both are the actors that they're supposed to be but then white canary legitimately has an like a cousin it wig in front of her <laughs> face i'm like oh that's because it's not actually her uh, scheduling conflicts. Look, I, let me just mention a couple of things I liked. I, I, I had fun. I did. I knew it was going to be fucking schlocky and usually I will nitpick the shit out of this, but I was just happy to see them try to attempt this and, and, and run it through these shows. I liked how that star labs hanger looks like the hall of justice. The the fact that they just happen to have a hall of justice. Yeah. That it's going to be the hall of like, justice. Oh, Hey, what's, what's this hall <laughs> hanger thing? And Barry's like, Oh, I don't know. I guess I own it. He's like, I, yeah, but I found out that like the, 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 it's modeled after the one in the cartoon, which is modeled after this building in Cincinnati, which they actually went and they used stock footage and altered of that building to put that. And there's like a pool in front of it for no reason. Uh, mm. I loved Mick. Mick's fucking lines in this were great. He was fucking hilarious. Yeah, they, you'll never not love Mick just because Dominic Purcell knows how to be the character. He's, he's so it doesn't matter what they write; he'll do yeah. what he does. I love where he's like, "I'm not calling you Supergirl. It's stupid." He's like, "What are you calling me?" I'm not. Skirt? I'm not going to call you Supergirl. That's stupid. <laughs> well, you can always call me Kara. No, I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> skirt. He calls her skirt, and then he about the president where he goes, "Is it just me? Is she really hot?" To fucking Sarah. Uh, that's hilarious. See, there there were things that I thought were good, like like funny moments, um, you know, moments with Mick. Uh, the fact that at the end he legitimately is hitting on Supergirl when she's about to leave. He calls her skirt, but also tells her to call him. He goes, hey, skirt, call me. Uh, I like that they gave him a little device, so that opens up crazy possibilities for yeah. her to come back and forth anytime she wants. I think there were also moments that really needed to be cut out of these episodes. Yeah. So there's the point where they introduce uh, Supergirl and she and they're like, oh, well, what makes her so super? And she flies up in the air and she, for some reason, decides she's going to cut the Superman S (laughs) into the floor with her her heat vision. Yes. And uh, Diggle makes some sort of comment of like, well, that's got my attention. He's like, I'm I'm like, yeah, yeah, there you go. And then like, I was like, great, where that's where you should cut it. And then instead they cut to Felicity being like, this is the team up ever and i'm like that's the worst line you've ever written for any of these shows yeah they they tend to push it Uh, i also like diggle's other line where he's like uh i didn't i never did drugs because i thought i was gonna see some weird shit and he's just like (laughs) i like how he was just in awe okay wait so let's talk about arrow about how they handled this hundredth episode uh i saw uh, so you mean what do you get for the man who has everything or uh, uh it's a wonderful life uh arrow style uh, it was all a little bit of all of those. Uh, and some people hated this. I thought, you know, thinking back on the 99 episodes, thinking back all the people that have died on the show, uh, I thought it was fitting. Like it was, it had a lot of heart to it. Uh, and this, this episode helps, uh, somewhat solidify a fan theory. I've been talking to somebody about, ooh, but I will touch I, on that after we okay. actually talk about the episode. Okay. Rugs, what were your problems with this, uh, arrow episode? Well, I mean, the the whole entire that they're inside the matrix and yeah. they all have to go to a building to get out. That I thought that was weird. Yeah. But um that convention was weird. And uh I hated that they 
advertised like Deathstroke was going to be in it, but he's only in it as a memory. Yeah, he never takes his mask off, so it's just some dude in the suit. Yeah, Yeah. so it's like you kind of get Deathstroke, but you really don't. But uh, other than that, there's a few other things I didn't like, but I think it was cool to kind of see Oliver deal with his past and kind of get a lot of closure and a lot of these things. Um, You know, I thought it was it was was okay. I mean, and I think was it in the Flash episode where Oliver like finally like I don't think I've ever hear, heard him actually tell the story of what happened where he tells her he's like, look, I saw my dad shoot these other people and shoot himself to save yeah. me on a raft. I was like, oh shit, that's fucking dark if you think about it. Yeah, uh, that that was interesting that that uh, and why he had a problem with Supergirl. Uh, but uh, you know, you saw fucking uh, Tommy Merlin and. Uh, What's his name? Who played the Red Hood in really bad holograms? Because they obviously couldn't make the shooting as well. That like right before he steps through the portal, I, it was a good hundredth episode. I thought that it it it, it did uh, kind of it made me think of like where the show has been and the fact that we had fucking Arrow in space. I was like, there's a motherfucking space battle on Arrow. I like, think, did you ever think, think that, that was, was going to happen? That was part of the problem <laughs> with the this like the the last act of the episode yeah. was like. It's all of this great going back, seeing people who'd been on it, you know, kind of recognizing the hundred episodes that has been Arrow and how far the characters have come and so on and so forth. And then we're in a CGI spaceship and it's just nothing but Quip City after that. <laughs> yeah, and that cyborg girl was, who the fuck that, was that? that was, and mom that was... said, I would never amount to anything if I didn't go to college. You have bigger things to do right now than try and be a smartass. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> Cyber, yeah. She's making quips. They're falling through space in an uncontrolled spaceship. But yeah, the cyber woman thing was like, they just, they had to do all that to get the little device to. The, oh my God. The so, story was so tacked on. It was terrible. That was supposed were, to be like a cyborg something. I don't know. And what it looked was. like shit too. Yeah, she, that yeah. looked horrible. Cause it, all it She's was. She's a made up character. She's not even from the comic book. Yeah, all it was was them saying, well, we need these other characters to do something because if it's part of a crossover, we can't celebrate 100 episodes of Arrow and not touch in on the fact that Barry and Kara are looking for him. Also, I love the touching moment where Thea is like, look, I want to stay. I don't want to go back. And then literally 30 seconds later, she's like, ah, fuck it. I'm here. Let's fight. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I love seeing them fight Damien and, and Deathstroke and Malcolm Merlin. Even though it was like more of a symbolic fight than like a real fight, but uh, I don't know. Well, the, so to to touch on on this fan theory that I've I've been brought the to my attention, and yes. um, I the actually arrow. really like. Okay, so really quick thing is, um, it's it's basically it's it's a, an idea as to who the true uh, identity of Prometheus is. Oh, that's interesting because we didn't see Artemis, and like we found out uh, that she's kind of working with Prometheus. And so there's been a hint at one point that we thought Prometheus is going to be um, uh, Captain Lance, but he was being set up, right? But we're pretty, I guess, everyone's pretty sure that he's he's being set up. Um, so far throughout the entire season, this one has been the season where they are really making a lot of callbacks to the first season. They've decided that they're going back to like street level crime. Yeah. Um. They've 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 brought up the list. Yep. They've constantly and the biggest thing is, is that they have constantly made reference to Slade Wilson. Oh, to the point where when they're doing training, you know, one guy's like, well, why are we training with both both staffs? And Diggle's like, because there's a man named Slade Wilson oh, who could right. kill all of us with one of these. OK, the running theory is, is that 
Prometheus is going to end up being Slade Wilson, who has been affected by Doctor Alchemy. Oh shit! Oh, but oh, from Alchemy on on uh, Flash. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I kind of like that. Manu Bennett, can we see Manu Bennett back? But he's dead. No, he's on the island. I thought oh, he's on the island. I don't think because the other thing is is that if if you think back to it in Legends last season, yeah, when they go to Star City forty years into the future, it's Slade Wilson's son that's running the city. That's right. And, and you see, you also see John Diggle, who came who around. Who has a son. Yes. And uh, you see his son, right? You see John Diggle Jr., who is the Green Arrow. Whoa, this is that timeline then. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like the Prometheus uh, tease, not knowing who he is. I'm very curious to see. But I guess we're going to see him next episode because uh, Artemis uh, kind of confronts them. And all the mid-season finales are next episode. That's a great theory. Oh, I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. It's someone tied to his past. Hmm. Uh, let's. Uh, what if it's Tommy Merlin? Like, see, that was another guy I thought. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. He's true. actually dead, though. Well, because the, the problem is, though, is that the timeline is Flashpoint. Yeah. Yeah. With with Flashpoint, nothing that has happened is honestly solid anymore. The timeline has been fucked with and they could do anything, especially with the fucking wave rider. These guys fuck with things all the time and there's no repercussions. And they, they're like, we're fixing it. But are you really fixing it? Well, I think the best part about it was in Flash in an episode, like in what? Episode two or three. Yeah. He's he's like I'm gonna go back in time and fix everything, and then he gets stopped by uh, Jay Garrick. Yeah, by Jay Garrick. He's like, you can't fix it. Yeah, you can pretend you're fixing it, but it'll never actually be the same again. And he's like, all right, I guess I won't try and fix it. And then like two episodes later, he's like, no, I gotta go back and fix it. <laughs> I I don't listen to anybody, and I never learn any lessons, and I'm constantly upset about things. And like I like I think my favorite thing in this entire um four crossover was there's the moment when everyone finds out about, you know, Barry doing Flashpoint and how he fucked with them. Yeah. And now they're all like, oh, we don't trust him and we don't want him on our team or yeah. whatever. And basically Oliver Oliver's response is almost to tell them all to stop being fucking babies because we're all going to work together here. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. One person in this entire series of episodes is like, can you guys all stop being fucking babies for like two minutes? We have something important to do. But then he makes Supergirl sit out. Like, why would you sit out any one of these people in a situation like this? Just fucking get the shit done and deal I, with it. I later. honestly, I hope to God this is leading to the fact that Oliver Queen totally wants up on Supergirl. <laughs> That'll be hot. Geek boner. Uh, <laughs> so in the Legends episode, that was where the most like everything kind of got most crossover. Everyone was in that one. Uh, there was some fucked up shit in there, too. But what do you think of the man in black thing where that's the same guy, that old dude who really heads, Ar he leads Argus. I like that one line we told Layla. He goes, you know, Amanda Waller what, lasted a long time because she listened to what I told her. <laughs> yeah, but now he's gone, so it doesn't matter. That's right. She, uh, Supergirl, talked to the president and got him uh, reassigned. Reassigned to, uh, to Antarctica. Antarctica or some shit. I thought Cisco and Felicity were great together. I like that team up. When they were on the, the Wave Rider together, they yeah. were great. I yeah. think the problem I had with this was whoever the writers were for these episodes, I feel like they didn't really know how to write Felicity. Ah. Because while she she has her, her annoying moments at being like the, you know, the techie nerd of the Arrow group, she was beyond insufferable yeah. in this. 
And Cisco had to quote like a movie every fucking time. Oh, there were so talked. many fucking pop culture uh, references in all of the shows. It really, like, it really reeked of people who have watched the shows or have an idea, but they don't know the characters they're writing. That's a good point. It was like they were just throwing things on because they thought like, oh, it's supposed to be this much. It's supposed to do this. And uh, and it was at some point like there was maybe a little bit too many uh, fucking references for no reason. I think honestly that the the character slash actor I feel worst for was Jefferson Jackson. Jackson. Because he was fucking nowhere for <laughs> almost all of this. Like while every, while you know Stein is trying to have, you know connect with the he daughter he didn't know he do, had, only and everybody story. else is like, yeah. what are we gonna do about that? Yeah. Like he's he legitimately was like sitting off in the corner like. Well, I guess I'll just wait here until somebody decides they want the black kid to help. <laughs> the other thing that I really hated was like Barry is like, I'm going to surrender. And then like 30 seconds later, they talk him out of it. Just like he's like, OK, guys, you got me. Well, I, You're think, right. I think my favorite thing uh-huh. is it's it's Mick Rory that talks him out. Of yes, it. he has that line. I By starting off with, listen, Red, we're a crew. I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we're a crew. Uh, I kind of wish they brought along the Teen Wolf Superman also. Why wouldn't uh, Carol be like, hey, wait, let me get my cousin. He may be able to help us. And then they all, they both go. Well, I think it's because if they brought along Superman, Superman does everything. That's a good point. Well, that and and that her Earth would be completely defenseless. Completely defenseless. defenseless. Uh, It almost feels like, because I think it's so weird in the fact that it's like, you know, they, they, for some reason, in order to make the show, they decided they couldn't make Supergirl as strong as she actually is because then she can't really have any sort of adversary. Well, they kind of depower her on the show, on her show as it is. Like, she's always getting yeah. thrown around and beat, beat down. So they bring her along, but still at the same time, like, she is so much more powerful than anybody right? else here. Yeah, yeah. The only person that in some way measures up to her is Barry yep. because he actually has a superpower. Yep. yep. Everybody else is a bunch of kung fu spe- like kung fu masters yeah. uh really high accuracy archers I was like what how are you um, going to help fighting him and Ray Palmer <laughs> Ray Palmer And well, I was okay so and and Firestorm uh kind of oh, sits yeah, up on it, the 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 top shelf with them Yeah Firestorm's got powers uh Vibe has got powers and that guy who turned silver's got power. Steel, Steel's got a pretty good. And, and, oh my and, god! Oh and, my and, god! The Citizen Steel costume was so it's horrible. I love mixed line. He's like, you look like a star-spangled idiot. And, then, and immediately, all I thought to myself was, there are moments in this show that you know they wanted the characters to say something more hurtful, but they couldn't because immediately when like the moment uh, Mick made fun of him. I like I don't know if it was just like I I expected to hear it or something like that yeah. but all like immediately I thought he called him a star-spangled faggot. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think and that I was, I was like right no, head. he didn't and I go back like I, I rewound it and he was like you look like a star-spangled idiot. And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know why I heard that. That's really kind of upsetting about me now." <laughs> <laughs> You're like he didn't What did he say? Hold on a second. Uh, I, yeah, I like because well, it's especially that moment. I'm like, this yeah. is CW. There's no way they got away yeah. with that. Yeah. That suit is a little, a little That's, much. Th- and then the thing is that Ray Palmer, the episode before he's that, big, he, 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 
He loses his suit and he's yeah. like all depressed. I'll never build another suit. And then all of a sudden he's like, ah, one line. Yeah, and then like, right, I build my suit. There. Yeah, yeah, and legitimately, it's, it's the sign there. is the, the line is something like, uh, "All you need is blah 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 technology in the old west and uh, new Adam suit." And I'm like, "Oh, really? Uh, this was a huge thing for your character, and the, now we just don't care." He just re- that's right. He had dwarf store alloy from that one episode. But yeah, the suit's just fucking. He made the suit already. That was quick. What the fuck? Uh, I did like the part where Ray goes when he sees Kara and he's like, ah, oh, she looks kind of like my cousin, which was a weird reference to Superman Returns where the, he played Superman. Oh, uh, see, I thought it was supposed to be a reference to something in Arrow. No, I think that was their little like joke no, that about was, Superman Returns. That was the joke. Yeah. But at Boo. first I was Suck. like, yeah, at first I was like, Boo. what the fuck? What is he talking about? Uh, what is that? See, and this is the problem is they, they have their little fucking in jokes that for the people on the show and the people who make the show, this is funny. Right. The, the people watching the show, they're like either I don't get it or I'll oh, fuck you. <laughs> well, a lot of people liked it. I read a lot of reviews and like people liked it. And I'm like, I hate that when I am totally like watching this and going, this is bullshit. I have to, <laughs> I have to watch this because everyone wants me to watch it. You think it was like, fun at all? I mean, at some level, see, in the way I looked at it, it was were fun, but overall it was bad. It was honestly, bad. I think the only reason I liked the episode of flash as much as I did was because I was so mad about watching Supergirl. <laughs> so I was like, Oh good. It actually has to yes. do with the storyline and there's fighting yes. and they're all here. This makes sense. But then at the end of that, I was like, I don't know anything about the Dominators. Like, yeah. there's no backstory. No. There's no lead up. There's nothing about it. I was like, but we're also at episode two of four. Yeah. So maybe I'll learn more. I, mean, I didn't learn I more. I thought it, it moved pretty good. I think the Flash episode probably worked the best. Yeah. Uh, as part of the story, because like the Arrow thing kind of like went off on a tangent. Yeah. And then it had that weird side thing that didn't work with the with his little team with the mm-hmm. cyber woman yeah and then woman. the legend episode was complete shit <laughs> like he, so it's like they they take care of the threat really quickly the bomb uh turns into water well, and fucking... that was that was the thing is like okay so their entire plan was we're gonna have barry and kara implant this micro like nano yep. bomb yep. or whatever it was into every one of these aliens yeah so i get why they're here we're going to have the wave rider stop the meta bomb from hitting the ground. And then firestorm is going to transmute it into something non-lethal. Sure. I get why they're very, here. very useful. Everybody what I else. don't get is a, why is it Sarah and Cisco in the wave rider? Yes. And B, what the hell is anybody else doing? They're just on one rooftop, just fighting these aliens for no reason. They're like, uh, and that's they're the not really it's, doing it's, anything. It's, it's as if, like, this is the only fight that's happening against these aliens. They're apparently all over the world. Yes. But this is the only, like, ground fight that is happening, and it's between, like, seven people who yeah. kind like, maybe one has powers and the rest yeah. are all just martial just- artists. And, like, 20 aliens. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, well, I guess we're defeated. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> and they just turn and run. Look, so we got a couple of tweets from uh, listener Daryl. At that guy, Daryl, I'm going to share. He says, Flash episode of DCCW crossover. No John Johns, Jesse Quick, Jake Eric, Monel, etc. Budgets more powerful than alien invaders. And he followed that up with Arrow episode of DC crossover. A freaking clip show in a crossover hype for two weeks. How dare you, Berlanti? And then finally, he says, okay, I got to admit, DC crossover Legends episode. Save the best for last. The Felicity and Cisco humor was pretty great. 
But uh, in the comic book, like, uh, there's an article about the invasions and how it happened in the comic book. And it was kind of the same thing. Like, this story took place after Crisis on Infinite Earths when everything kind of been reset. And uh, the heroes had never uh, faced a, a threat, an alien threat that unified them. And it was kind of the same thing. The Dominators came down to Earth to bring the end of a threat of the metahuman community. And then they got their ass kicked. And they left, except in the comic books, when they left, they created a handful of new superheroes that uh, stayed around for a while. But it really was supposed to be just like this force that just comes in, fucks shit up for no reason. I don't know if you're supposed to know anything about them. I don't think there is a backstory to the Dominators anyways. So, eh, I, look, I there was pretty ambitious and I was just like, it's fun to see all these people together. Imran likes when anybody just attempts to do something. They, because we've never... It doesn't matter uh, if it's good or not. Because you got to understand, <laughs> we never had the shit, you know. I always think of, like, growing up and what we had, and now we have this, and the, and the fact that... Yeah, but you're in a you're in a post-Avengers world where things are done that make sense. At it's the true. same time, to look at it as, like, well, it's because we never ha- got to have this when we were kids. Like, that nostalgia factor of this is something that I didn't get to enjoy as a kid doesn't change the fact that this was terribly written. No, it doesn't. You can, and the problem I have is, is that it's, it's, you know, there, there are times where I'm willing to look past things and be like, oh, it's fine. The first season of Legends was campy as hell. Yeah. Didn't make a lot of sense. No. But I had a shitload of fun watching it. Yeah. I liked it better than season two of Flash. Yeah. But at the same time, season two of Legends... I can't fucking stand. Really? I like season two better than the first season. Because, I mean, I didn't care about the Hawk people. Yeah. But I, I like, I, I don't know if I'm honestly a uh, a minority in this. I fucking love Rip Hunter. And look what happens when Rip Hunter leaves. Yeah. It's a they mess. don't know what to do. Yeah. The timeline gets fucked up hmm. and aliens show up. And aliens show up all because of. Oh, that's interesting. Because I kind of. I didn't like the Rip Hunter and the whole fucking Vandal Savage thing. I just thought it took forever. Oh, I didn't like Vandal Savage Ugh. at all. Uh, I like this with them fucking with the timeline. I don't know. I thought that I wish the payoff to that message was better, but that's confusing. Also, that newspaper has changed. It's not written by fucking Iris anymore. It's written by somebody else. So uh, it's largely confusing. And yeah, the just, thing is, like, it's DC. This yeah, is what happens. Yeah, yeah. They establish something, yeah. and then they pee all over it. Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> and they this fucking is the, ruin it. And this is the problem I have with the way that this this season of Flash is going, is that it's like every episode is, here's this other minor detail that's been changed by the Flashpoint right. that Barry's going to feel bad about, but ultimately doesn't fucking matter. Again, right. Well, yeah, why did he even tell anybody that anything's changed? That's the fucking stupid part. Because Cisco forced him. Dude, Cisco has out, been outing him for a bunch of episodes. He's just tell, and he's he no, no. How does even Cisco here. even know that his brother's dead? He he's well, no. Cisco he knew that his brother had died, and the reason he was initially mad at him was because the Barry from this new timeline said, "No, Cisco, I won't go back in time and save your brother." Yeah. Then he finds out that, so that's why he was mad at him. But then he decides to forgive him. Then he finds out that the reason his brother is dead is because Barry went back in time and saved his own mom. So he'd suddenly, oh, well, you'll go back in time and save your family, but you won't save mine. So now he's mad at him. Yeah. Well, that was that, that was dumb. He was he he was so pouty and held a grudge for so long. It was then, getting annoying. Then, it was like, getting annoying. Yeah. Then it got all the way up until now where he then stumbles across the message from future Barry. Like the, and it's like, like Barry oh. shouldn't tell anybody anything that he knows <laughs> because that what, what's the point of that? Yeah, they, they don't need to know. Well, and that's the thing was it was in the first season 
when Barry first realized he could go back in time, he goes to talk to the original Her- or, uh, to the Eobard Thawne version of Harrison Wells about it. Right. And he tells him, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know what the future was supposed to be because it's not that anymore and it doesn't matter. Don't tell me you messed with time. Just live out the timeline we're in now. But now what Barry's instead doing is he changed something in the past, is coming back, and then telling everybody what the alternate timeline was. Yeah, he sucks at being the Flash. It's like telling – it's like could you imagine someone walking in the door and saying like, hey, dude, in a different timeline, you won the lottery today. But not not you, a different you. <laughs> like, why are you telling so me this? You like, guys are like, why do I get to know that? Because now I get to just feel bad that I didn't win the lottery. <laughs> it's kind of like being a psychiatrist and then calling the family of the person that you're – you're you're analyzing and just telling them everything that the guy that they told you. <laughs> so like, he he told me he had a dream about having sex with his mother. By the way, yeah. um, yeah. it's like you're not so, supposed to. T- he's that, got an Oedipus your, complex, and uh, that's your job not to say shit. Uh, he, but this what I like about Barry is kind of like a Peter Parker, where he just fucking sucks at being a hero, and he's always screwing up, even though he's trying to do the right thing. But that's not endearing at all. No, it's good for like a little bit. The problem is, is that what it is, is we're getting to a point where legitimately they said it in this episode. We have meta powers yeah. and we fuck everything up. Yeah. But at least we're trying to be good. <laughs> and it's like, oh, thank you for trying to be good. Yeah, wasn't that the Dominator's thing that, that all those metahumans are in, eventually going to fuck everything up anyway? Yeah, yep. yeah they, they yep. basically said, like, yeah, you're you're trying to be heroes with these powers, but there are plenty of terrible people in the world that if they had powers yep. would abuse them. Yep. And we're not willing to take that risk. And they respond back with, like, well, yeah, I mean, trying. basically, well, they, it was almost it was almost the speech from Green Lantern of like, yeah, but we're only human. Oh, yeah. they said like they said something like in any every society where many humans exist uh, would end up turning into shit. Basically, so there's no stopping. That's what they, they, they say that they've seen this before. It's in other yeah, planets. Yeah, 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 because it, it basically plays on the concept of um, escalation. Those who have meta powers being humans are going to lead way to criminals who have to find ways to defeat metahumans. So it becomes people become more dangerous because there are people with superpowers. Uh. And when people become more dangerous, the ones with superpowers have to escalate how they're trying to stop it. And it goes back and forth until they destroy each other. Until they just blow themselves up. Yeah, you know what? On second hand, the Dominators just fucking killed everyone and just washed their hands. Called it a day. (laughs) So yeah, uh, overall, what so what would you rate this overall out of uh, let's say uh, letter grade? I'd give it a C. I'll go C minus. Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna give it a B minus. <laughs> because I'm looking and I got Flash and Supergirl and Arrow and Adam and Firestorm on screen all together, uh, but. Well, you guys brought up a lot of good it points. It was passable, but it was barely passable. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that, like, I'm mad that I watched it, except for the fucking Supergirl episode. <laughs> like, it's it's fine, but the problem is is that this, this crossover is showing a lot of the problems that just the CWDC-verse yes. has. Yes. Yeah, basically, it just showed you a lot of the fact that they can't write across all these different things. How about they didn't know what the fuck to do with Wally West at all? Like, what yeah. was that whole bullshit about? Well, and that was the problem, is that they didn't, like, they're building all of their own separate storylines. Yeah. To do a crossover episode, they've decided, well, we need a story that crosses all all four stories, but at the same time, 
we have to make sure that everyone realizes we're not just putting all these other stories on hold. See, but I think Disp- that any other, it, like, would it have been better if this would have been, a, like, something anybody could have walked into and watched and it had nothing to do with the ongoing storylines? It was just this I, story. I honestly was thinking what they should have done yeah. was, number one, because this is an alien invasion, whatever your fucking side stories are in your regular show right now, those get put on the back burner because they're oh, not right, important. right. Um, what they probably should have done is I think they should have just gone straight up secret wars on it. Had it be that the dominators, instead of invading earth and attacking, getting their asses kicked and leaving kidnaps, all of them. And now they have to fight their way out and get back to earth because now you don't have a moment where, Oh, Cisco's mad at Barry. Barry's not there. Barry's been taken by aliens. So now you've got your earth team, which is Cisco and, uh, Felicity and whoever else, all your tech nerds right. and your side characters right. working together to find the heroes. You can even have it that the fucking legends don't get taken and they're looking for Barry and, and Supergirl and whoever. If you, like, legitimately, if you took Barry, Oliver, and Supergirl, have her show up on this earth for whatever reason you want. You know, Barry decided, hey, let's go visit her. Oh, she came back with us. Fantastic. Now the three of them are kidnapped by aliens. Yeah. They have to fight their way out of this. You can even make it a fucking Planet Hulk thing where they're getting put into some sort of an underground fight thing. That's where I was. And they represent Earth now or something. Yes. Oh, that would have been great. And now they have to get their way out. Everyone else has to work together to try and find them and bring them back. They bring them back. There's one big final. Everybody gets into a battle on Earth and you're done. See, the thing is that you'd have to like get everybody uh, or. Get one team of writers to write the whole thing and, yes. and, and kind of watch over this yes. and, and pick their little team of people that they're going to play with. Like you guys and, write this storyline. You guys write this story. Yeah. Line. Like these guys are going to be up here in the ship and these guys are going to be down there doing this. And I think even worse is the idea that you have your, that's the problem is that you have your team, your teams of writers for each show that obviously you're not communicating with something like this. I feel like you can't even do like a team of writers for all four episodes. It's got to be like one or two people. Yeah. Yeah. Like two people sit down and they write all fucking four episodes of this. Here is the overall outline of the whole thing. And then they just felt, wow, you know what? I, cause they just couldn't handle it. Cause I really, it was very ambitious of them to try to weave in the continuing storylines, but the writers couldn't handle it. They have like the entire cast of each show in there. Yeah. And then they don't know what to do with half of them. Yeah. And then they don't carry over to the next show. So you have to either cut them loose and like not have them involved at all right or they're involved in a different capacity right because some people didn't get a lot to do at all and i think arrow it being the 100th episode maybe that also uh did not help well because this is what they did wrong is that they they all converged on this place in somewhere where barry lives right all right yeah and uh everybody's there then they all sudden they go to star city and then the other people aren't there and then you're back at this other place. I don't know where they are. They're still in a uh, central city or whatever. Right. You know, and uh, all these people are that were there before are not there well, now. They, what it was was that it was, yeah, in the, the, the episode for The Flash, they're in Central City. And that's why you have Joe and Wally are there and Iris is showing up. And then in the next episode, 
Suddenly they're in Star City because for some reason they need to go get the rest of Arrow's crew that he's training. Right, Cisco goes to with uh, and they meet Wild Dog and uh, Ragman and the other dude. At which point? At which point? Now they're in Star City for no discernible (laughs) discernible reason. Right. And then after that, they go back to Star City for Legends. But the people who were there when they were doing stuff in Flash are gone, and the only way that they make it a Legends episode is they decide, well, let's have three characters travel back in time. <laughs> oh, that's right. Wow, that's a lot of shoehorning, isn't it? It's a little bit yeah, a lot of shoehorning. It's, a, it's just a little clunky. So ultimately, I mean, and here's the thing. Even if they wanted, like, if it was, you know, because it's the, the 100th episode of Arrow, and they decided they wanted to do this whole, you know, dream state clip show uh the man that has everything um storyline and you could still do that with you know the the whole planet hulk concept i came up with have it that at some point all three of them get trapped in their own little private worlds they have to break out of i know they already did that on supergirl and technically they kind of already did that on flash with flashpoint right but now you get to have it so that it's not only just well, look, you know, Oliver's now stuck in a life where he never went down with the Queen's Gambit, and now he has the life he wants, but he has to recognize that it's not real and he can't have it. And it's, you gotta build something better than just, what's the smoke technologies building? Yeah, like, that seems weird. Let's go there. (laughs) It would have been even cooler, like, to to even include the Flash in there, and uh, you you have uh, Oliver thinking that this is another Flashpoint. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, yeah, that would have been great, too. But, I mean, like, or you could even do it that it is another fucking Flashpoint. Right. Have it that it was, you know, Barry's like, I'm going to stop the Dominators by going back in time. And everyone's like, you realize that's why this is happening. <laughs> Goes back in time, and now suddenly Oliver's not the Green Arrow, and he has the life he wants. And now you have to have Barry convince him, this you can't the real be life. with the people yeah. that you love because you have to be the Green Arrow. Well, I like all these ideas way better than what they gave us. So, uh, your point made. Uh. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is they it's the problem that I've had with CW for a while is the episodes are either too long or it's because the seasons are way too yeah, fucking long. Yeah. Well, that is they the one, don't yeah. know how to tell a streamlined enough story yeah. that it, you cannot that you you easily just see through all of it. This is the second almost third time Cisco's been mad at Barry for traveling through time. And now he apparently finally understands how easy it is to go through oh, time and I, ruin I stuff. I know that I part was also like, what? I'm like, what's going on? Why is so, all, not so... only that, but like, it just seems contradictive because yes. you talk about B- Barry going back in time and then, then you have a show that all they do is go yes, back in time. Yes. Every time but, they go back in time, they're fucking things up. But like, so now Cisco and Barry are friends again. And I swear to God, if there is yet another point in this season before it's over that <laughs> Cisco is suddenly mad at Barry because his brother's dead. Oh, my brother. I'm done. <laughs> because it means they don't know what to do with the character. Yeah, so yeah. their go-to method is, well, let's make him upset at Barry. I don't like this him, this pouty Cisco after when he comes back. I did not. I'm not enjoying it. Uh, I have not enjoyed it. But so next week is the mid-season finale of the other, the three shows. And then, but I, you know, I, all your points are right. There's, they got to fill 23 fucking episodes. Uh, and they tried to, maybe it should have been kind of a standalone thing. Ugh, boy. All right. Well, good stuff. Let's move on. <laughs> doc, 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 and Delahauer, why don't you tell us about some uh, fantastic beasts and where the fuck they are? Where do you find these beasts? And why are they so fantastic? You- they are super fantastic. 
because they are super magical. This is, of course, the Harry Potter universe uh, sequel, spinoff. What do you call this? Uh, prequel? What do you want to call prequel it? Spin-off. Prequel spinoff. Prequel spinoff, right? Yeah. Could, you know, beginning of a new five-movie series being specifically written by J.K. Rowling, uh. who wrote all the Harry Potter books uh, that the Harry Potter movies just happen to be based on uh, by accident. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and uh, directed by David Yates, who directed like the last four Harry Potter movies, oh, okay. I think it was. So they've, they, they know each other. They've worked together. Um, the story takes place in the 1920s in America, where a character who is from the Hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry that we know from Harry Potter is traveling. He is a character who basically is the best way to describe him is your least likely hero ever. Okay. Eddie Redmayne, he, played by Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne playing a character named Sco- Newt Scamander, who is a uh, magical zoologist or magizoologist, okay. I think they call it. Uh, his whole thing is that he studies and uh, works with magical animals and creatures. He has a suitcase with him that is actually magic that he can walk into and is basically its own zoo. Oh, it's like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Okay. Um, that has all these magical creatures in it, but there's several of them escape from the case after it is accidentally switched with a non-magic man or no madge, as they're called in America. No madge. <laughs> and it is up to Newt and a few other American wizards and this no madge man to hunt down the animals, find them, and bring them back. Meanwhile, also finding himself tied up in a uh, ha- more nefarious plot by some dark wizards to possibly cause some shit. Oh, do you need Um, to know anything about Harry Potter to enjoy this movie? Maybe a little bit. You at least need to kind of have an idea of the concept and maybe a little bit of like, um, you know, knowing, knowing how like the magic community in Harry Potter works is helpful because you can compare it to the, the American one that they make. Um, the idea of like what the wands are, how the magic works, that kind of stuff. How does the magic work? The magic, it's all from the genitals. <laughs> oh, it's genital magic. No, it's, it's just the idea that, like, you know, if he if he points his wand and says Lumos and it, it lights up, you know, it's because that's that's a spell that is projecting light, basically like a flashlight, that kind of a thing. They they don't try and spoon feed you anything of really about the, the magic world in it, because I have a feeling they are looking at it as if you're here seeing this, you're already a Harry Potter fan. Okay. I don't think it's inaccessible to people who have not really done anything with Harry Potter, but I do think that there will be questions, but like, I honestly, so my, my ultimate review of it is I thought it was actually very good. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. I'm, I'm a big Harry Potter fan myself. I grew up with the books. Like they came out when I was a kid and everything. (laughs) So, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a Potter head. He's of that age. Yeah. I never got into Harry Potter because I felt like it was just a bunch of gobbledygook. Like, like, uh, if you like read Dungeons and Dragons and, or, or any of that stuff, like their magic is rooted in some, some kind of rules and, and the, the powers are drawn from the different elements and this and that. And it, there, there's a there's a science to it. What they what they kind of build on, they touch on it a little bit in this movie, actually. And it's it's somewhat seen in Harry Potter is the idea that those who can use magic, it's because of a physiological difference between them and those who can't. That it's it's actually it's it's an, an inherited ah, trait, almost like a mutant gene. Type yeah. Of thing. 
See, you said the magic word. This is my thing with Harry Potter is that it's just X-Men, people. Oh, shit. It's just X-Men. I liked it the first time when it was called X-Men. And you definitely see it more in this one because there's even in like the 1920s New York City, there is a group who are actively seeking out the destruction of magical people. Okay. That are calling themselves the Second Salem Movement. Gotcha. Anti-mutant crew. Basically. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is that unlike with X-Men where it's like a, a, a group where you're like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we all know mutants exist and that they're bad. These are people everyone thinks are crazy because they the idea that there are actually witches among us is stupid. Right, to them. right, right. It's got an interesting cast. You got uh, Ezra Miller, Colin Farrell, John Voight, Ron Perlman. Um, it's the cast is great. The acting is, is fantastic. Eddie Redmayne is amazing. Uh, the way that I look at it is this. Uh, if you like. Matt Smith when he was on Doctor Who at all. Yeah. That is almost the exact same character Eddie Redmayne plays in this movie. Okay. This I mean it's made oh uh over uh five hundred million dollars worldwide in just two yeah, weeks. People love this Harry Potter it's, shit. They do, and like I gotta oh, tell yeah, you, it's do. two hours and twenty minutes, and I gotta tell you, I have like no desire to see I just had no desire to and see. And it's honestly it surprises me to hear that it was that long because you definitely didn't feel that way oh, to me. Like, but at the same time, this is me coming from it where I already am part of the built-in audience. I'm not someone they had to win over to it. So you were looking forward to this when it got so announced. So, like, I, I was I was looking forward to it. I was a little skeptical because the moment I heard they were like, oh, it's going to be five movies long. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a cash cow thing. She's going to milk this, but they actually started with something quality, you're saying. Yeah, the first movie, it's very good. It's it's uh, the, the acting is great. The writing is actually fantastic. You know, it's, it has this very good balance of both um, lighthearted comedy and actually somewhat disturbing like dark material to it oh colin farrell was very good i like like i said there's nobody in this movie that i was like oh i wish that someone else had played them um i actually honestly wish there had been more of ron perlman okay because he he plays like uh like a goblin who runs a speakeasy in new york city <laughs> nice but it's a speakeasy for like wizards it's great nice he's great Nice. You've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies? Imran? I've seen a couple of them. I saw the first one and like one of the later ones and they were, they were good. They were fun. I enjoyed them. I just, I just, uh, and I've re- I read the first book. It's just yeah, the problem. The problem is, especially because you guys are older than I am, yeah. is that when you're going to do Harry Potter, if you're going to go through the whole series, the first three books and three movies yeah. are very much children's material. Ah, like it's it's it is such it's a very kid's young book, adult. It's not even funny. Yeah. I see. I've seen all the movies, yeah. and I've read a couple of the books. Yeah. I, I, you know, as a guy who grew up with Dungeons and Dragons, and then the knockoff of Dungeons and Dragons, which was called um, Dragonlance. Dragonlance. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, when once you get into that kind of magic and that kind of world. That, and it was kind of like Game of Thrones before there was Game of Thrones. Right. You know, it was just the all this shit. Well, and it revolved around this uh, this this wizard. And it wasn't Gandalf, but like an old guy. It was like this young guy who fucking was tortured. And it was he, this wizard named Raistlin. And um, after that, seeing that, like, I can't read about magic. And it, it just everything just pales in comparison in, in the way that they did it. And, and uh, it's ultimately the way I look at it is I think the reason that that uh, J.K. Rowling never went so deep into the idea of like really describing the magic yeah. of like what where it comes from, how it works or anything like that is because it's very obviously an allegory for homosexuality. Well, I mean, oh, really? And like That's you said, like, 
I honestly, that's that's what I read into it. Like, and it, like you said, because it's very much like the X Men. It's like, this whole idea yeah. that it's this innate thing that's inside of you that people will hate you for ah, despite not understanding gotcha, it. Gotcha. And we have to live in the shadows because you know people aren't ready to accept us for who we really are. Blah 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 blah. I also will go to like the race relations allegory when, in terms of oh, X Men yeah. and but and yeah, that's 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 why with with this new movie, it's interesting to see them deciding to expand on this world in this concept because now that we're not following a kid from the age of 11 to 17 which you know is it's going through puberty and having to accept you know the changes you go through and your sexuality blossoming and whatever else now it's you're just in a world where there's there is magic and there's you know there are animals that are magic and there are you know so all these other things so it's what i'm excited to see from this is she finally has a chance with these to go into that kind of detail of where does the magic come from? What does it mean? How does it work? What is this? You know, why are why is there a giant rhinoceros with like a that can cause things to explode when it stabs its horn into them? Huh. Like that's these are all the things where now she can expand on this world to the point where she can she can give a reason for these things because she told the story she wanted to tell initially. And now, I mean, it sucks because it's kind of like being like and now she can just do whatever the hell she wants. Kind with of, it. yeah. It's it's like it's almost like Star Wars. Yeah. This is a world that they've built where it, it has just enough of the trappings that you can write any kind of story for it. Yeah, I mean, you got to give her credit for creating this world that everyone loves. The fact that, I mean, I heard the stories that she was like, had no money, no job. She would sit in the cafe. She just had this outline in her bag. And to go from that to being like the highest paid fucking person in England, I think, at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, give her props for that. I do, but I just feel like the amount of success that it has, yeah. for it, it's standing on like, it's standing on basically nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like it's like being propped up by like like toothpicks. Uh, but they got a whole world in the theme parks yeah. and fucking. I, I was gonna uh, say. I mean, it's it. We'll have to see where where this new series goes and what it what it is that winds up happening with it. I think honestly, even on top of just it's you know the like fact the that Santa Claus. It's like the Santa Claus story. It's like it's it's like people believe it and they love it, but like there's nothing to it. <laughs> there's absolutely see, nothing. Like people just. You know, I honestly I disagree a little bit there with you on that because the truth is is that one of the things that I do really like about it is as you go further along and you get through the books and everything, J.K. Rowling is actually she is a fantastic writer. Yeah, she she is very good at what she does, and I think that one of the things I love is there are a lot of spots where she could easily fall into very cliched story structure uh-huh. that you know, but she decides to move away from it. She initially wanted to kill off Harry Potter at the end of the last book because oh. by that point she was sick of the character and yeah. sick of writing about it. Yeah. She decided not to because she just, she felt that doesn't serve the story that serves me. She didn't have Harry wind up, you know, marrying his the, you know, Hermione, the best friend girl right. that he had in his life the whole time because because the hero getting the girl only makes sense because people think the hero gets the girl, but it doesn't make sense to the characters that she wrote or the story she told. Oh, so it's her, what yeah. I what I really like about it is she stuck to the story based on what works for the story, what works for the characters and what works for a genuine moment versus, well, what's the easiest thing I can write down so they'll pay me a million dollars? I just it, I find it weird. Like I I always find it weird that like I could understand that complete novices to science fiction and and all that stuff. uh going for it because like I remember there was like teenage girls and young college kids that like didn't read comics or none of that stuff. 
and they love this shit. They're yeah. like, this is so fantastic. Yeah. But then a guy like me who's been reading comics and fantasy and shit for all his whole life, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, this is, there's nothing to this. It so is. I, so I, that's what I felt. I felt like, uh, so I'm surprised that someone like a comic book fan, maybe you were a Harry Potter fan before you were a comic book fan, maybe something like that. No, I mean, I, I, I loved, I definitely loved like X-Men and stuff like that way before I, I read Harry Potter. But at the same time, it was because just it caught me at an age where yeah. like I grew up with the story. Yeah. You know, by the, you know, I started reading it when I was in fourth grade. By the time it was the last book, I was a, I was a senior in high school. You were school. the same age so as So I, I was the same age yeah. as the character yeah, the whole sense. time. Oh, wow. So it was yeah. something I could ge- yeah. genuinely connect to. No, she ta- wow. yeah, she tapped into that time and that age of kids and got them. Like I remember, the big thing was kids oh, were reading again. <laughs> they were everybody was like, "Look, kids are reading again." Like the fact that she could make a four hundred fucking page young adult novel and get kids to read that in itself is a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, so. the, yeah the fact I gotta, I'll the give her credit book where credits do. The fourth book was over six hundred pages. Yeah, she's not fucking. And around. You know, like <laughs> so many people were like, "Oh, this you fucked up." Yeah. Like, kids aren't going to read no, this they book. Did. And she's like, well, it's not for kids. Yeah. It's for teenagers. And they were like, it. yeah, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she blew up on that whole young adult thing. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. She kind of loved that. All right. That market. The market's there because of her. I might know? check it out on the, uh, if I get it somewhere. I'll watch this movie. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if the acting is not opposed to it. And that's yeah. the thing is, I, I'm, I'm saying, you know, don't, I don't, don't feel like you have to go rushing out to the theater to go see it. Right. You know, I'm I'm easily one where I'm like, eh, I'm interested, but I'm not fourteen dollars interested. Yeah, yeah, it's making so, money I at mean, the box office. It's doing good. So. It is. It's something where I, as a Harry Potter fan, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Okay. And beasts and where to find them. Uh, but <laughs> as someone as someone who who's coming into it as more of like a, a casual observer or, or really wasn't you know so diehard into the series, yeah. I think it's definitely something worth checking out. Um, because it is it is very different from Harry Potter while still being in the same world okay, of it. That's what I was really wanting to know. Is it different enough to be, you know, a fun adventure and outside? Especially of it? it's especially looking at the two the two main characters. Because, you know, with Harry it was a character where, you know, he's growing up the whole time. So you've got him in his awkward teen years where he's mad about everything and awkward around girls. Right. But you have, you know, the character of Newt Scamander, he's he is this this very awkward, shy, you know, sort of bleeding heart type where it's very unusual to see that as being the hero of your story. I see. Oh, that's interesting. And there's no – so she wrote this straight to movie. There's no – There's no book to it. Yeah. What it, what it was was in, in the Harry Potter universe, there is a book that the kids at Hogwarts read – Called Fantastic Beasts and Where to that Find Newt Them, wrote? written by Newt Scamander. Ah, that's kind of interesting. I was I was always going on the thing of the two things that were really popular during this heyday was was Harry Potter and Pokemon, yeah. and then yeah. I think this this co ops the Pokemon with the little beasts. Yeah. It definitely it definitely <laughs> can jump onto that fact of it. Um, so. But yeah, it's it's you know it's it's very interesting it's very different but it's also and i think the thing that i like about it is is that because of the fact that you know they're making a five movie series out of it yeah looking at this movie compared to something like batman versus superman yeah and seeing what little things they're planting in the first movie uh, here that are probably going to pay off down the road in these other ones yep. versus batman versus superman where they are blatantly <laughs> saying hey look we're going to have a flash movie. This is going to be a thing later. No, here's a little bit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Good review. Uh, I think you actually might have convinced me to check it out. It sounds like I'm definitely going to watch fun. Uh, let I want to share a speak pipe. We got here. It is. 
What's going on, fellas? It's Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Checking in because it's been a little while. Imran keeps blowing us up, so I figure it's only fair that I throw you some more garbage since you complain about all the stuff I keep calling about. I may as well keep it up. I grew up loving horrible movies. like All the trauma films, the, the Toxic Avenger, Rabid Grannies, Redneck Zombies, all that stuff. Horrible, horrible films. I loved them. Um, and then the world caught on when Sharknado happened. So I was kind of irritated, but you know, also kind of happy. Like, hey, I get to share my, my love of horrible movies with people. Um, is it the same way with all these comic book movies and superhero movies after you had to suffer through David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury and uh, Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher to actually see all this stuff come to the big screen and everybody's like, oh, yay. These things are awesome. You're like, well, you didn't have to suffer like I did back in the day. You shouldn't be able to take advantage of these great movies. I don't know, because I know a lot of those movies. Hot shit. All right. You guys keep up the good work. I will talk at you possibly next week. Maybe I'll even get Bill to come on. Till next time, keep it classic. Always remember, new school stale, old school fresh yeah thanks for the message mr throwback thursday check out his All podcast right, I've, I've got an answer for look him. this is a, what an appropriate comment for this show actually what's your answer delhauer my answer is no it is not the same <laughs> i think it is though this is why no 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 because no, here's why yeah. here's why you know his statement of i always loved tra- like terrible movies yeah. and now after sharknado everyone's loving you know ironically loving terrible uh, movies yeah he's being a hipster about it <laughs> Is he's oh well I thought these were cool before they were cool. <laughs> Loving comic books and then seeing comic book movies being done properly and done justice is not the same thing as being like, well, I liked comic books before Marvel Studios made movies. Like, no. I suffering through the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren in it and being like, man, that was garbage. And then seeing a Punisher movie like you know, or seeing Frank um, Bernthal, uh, John Bernthal yeah, playing the Punisher on Daredevil and saying that's the Punisher as he's supposed to be isn't so much um, being a hipster. It's vindication for past wrongdoings. See, wow, you saw that in a totally different way, but I see your point there. Uh, I, I think Ruggs will back me up, but this is the reason why Anthony is always yelling at me that I like everything is because – I've been waiting for this since I was little. We had shit. We had a Spider-Man who, 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 uh, he had a rope for a web and a big afro under his hair. And when they had him climb on a wall, they just turned the camera sideways and had him fucking crawl on the floor. Uh, and now we have this. So I'm just a little bit, I tend to give everything too much of a pass to a fault just because. I'm enjoying. Yeah, but I'm in the same boat as you, and I'm critical I know, of everything. That's a good point. I'm just, I never thought as a kid that we would have all this shit. Uh, if you told me that we'd have 14, like, really good Marvel movies, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, I I, I kind of feel like it's uh, the, uh, this is vindication. You're right, Dalhauer, of uh, having, I mean, you had Bill Bixby, Incredible Hulk, which I still think holds up pretty good. But then you had, like, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, Bill Bixby Hulk was, was good, um, and especially because you could see that that was 100% the inspiration that um, Edward Norton had for his version for Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Which, honestly, I mean, I like Mark Ruffalo. I really, really wish we had gotten to see Ed Norton mm. do the Avengers stuff. Yeah, he's because not easy to work with, apparently. It's, well, no, he's, he's, he's not. But it's, it's, it's more of just that he, he understands. He, he is a bit of a dick. He also understands that if you can get them to pay you a lot, 
you get them to pay you a lot. <laughs> Rugs, to your point, like uh, you're still really critical, and I get that because I remember what the first season. If you love something yeah, and you, you want, want it to be, it to be no, it's like you. Lo- I love Spider Man, right? Yeah, I love Spider Man, but so when I see Spider Man on the screen, and then all of a sudden, all of these new fans. Think that this is Spider Man, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. And I, so I, I get what it, you mean. It, it starts to piss me off. I'm like, because why can't I mean, like, I know that they can't do everything, but they have to somehow capture, like, you know, he doesn't ride a skateboard, like he doesn't do tricks, he doesn't, he's not cool, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not like doing the thing. A lot of the stuff that they make him do in the movie, I mean, it's not, it's not Spider Man. I think and, the. It, on Rug Boy's point, I can fall somewhere in the middle sometimes. Now, while I'm on this podcast, I seem to always be in the Rug Boy camp of hating everything and calling things shit. Something about the show does that has that effect. I on don't people. know what it. I think, I, it, I think it's legitimately. I think it's legitimately that I have. I feel like I constantly have to balance against the fact that Imran's just like it was great. I like everything. Um, but that's yeah. But uh, it's I. What I think it is is I am always somebody where you know it took me a long time to finally be of a mindset where I'm willing to see and experience new versions of characters, yeah. and different versions. Yeah, of characters. it's hard to accept that sometimes. I'm always like, okay, yeah, sure, show me a different a different version of Spider Man, but make sure that when you're doing that, by saying it is Spider Man, there are certain elements you have to get right or have to be universal to whatever version you're doing. So when you then give me something like Andrew Garfield riding a skateboard and being an asshole, yeah. that's not Spider-Man. That's not Peter Parker. You you tried and I give you a, I give you an A for effort, but that didn't hit home. But didn't you feel like you wasted your time at that point? You're like, "Why did you waste my time with this bullshit?" But I got to see I, Spider-Man on the screen. That's the that's- I guess I guess I'll put it less as in like I'm upset that they wasted my time and more disappointed that they did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it, it, because the way I look at it is it's all there. Like it's in the source material. The character is there. I know that the the the, the reasons you changed these things are the problem. You made him a skateboarder who's an asshole because you think that's what teenagers want to see. And that's what they're going to connect to. But it's also because you're a 70 year old white dude working in Hollywood who doesn't know what teenagers like. Right. I mean, so it's. It's it's to do things like well we're gonna make a Spider Man who's more hip and edgy and more ne- you know more modern. You don't have to because the concept of who Peter Parker is fits into any mold always because there's like, always going to be teenagers don't, that feel out of place. They, yeah. they, they don't do that with Batman or Bruce Wayne. They don't try and endear uh, Bruce Wayne to anyone. You know they're not trying to make uh, Bruce Wayne appealing. They're like they don't give a fuck about Bruce Wayne. No, they're just like all right, you love Batman. Here's Batman. Give Batman. And that's. But I think that's the other side of it is that they they do have certain points of how they do how they change Bruce Wayne. Like, you know, yeah, he's always going to be like the oh, well, I'm a suave playboy and then I'm I'm also Batman. But, you know, you have George Clooney. They wanted a sexy, you know, person, a sexy man that'll bring the women in to play Batman and and Bruce Wayne. So they sacrificed him being Batman so they could have George Clooney play Bruce Wayne. You also have uh Christian Bale who honestly was really kind of a flat Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like they did almost nothing with him because Nolan wanted someone who could be Batman. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's the problem with Batman is you have to find someone who can do that duality. And so far Ben Affleck kind of did. Yeah, he's he's It's trying. like I feel I constantly feel like I can't honestly judge him because it's like yeah, I've seen him in one movie. Right. 
But also, like, I don't want to be too harsh because they might get it right. But at the same time, I don't want to be like, well, he's the best Batman ever because he kind of wasn't. He's- well, Batman seems to be the easiest one to do. It, true, yes, because he is he is so easily broken down into like three or four things that you need, and that's it. Right, that's dead parents, point. Playboy, yeah. Batman, and a cool car. Yeah, there's all. And your then, elements. however you write the story, if you can hit those four things at some point, that's a Batman movie. Yeah, so when you get somebody that's more nuanced, like Peter Parker, it's hard, that it's is hard to hit, and it has, this yeah. guy who is like who see like Clark Kent pretends to be a nerd. Right, Peter Parker He's is a an nerd. Actual, dog. yeah, yes. All right. And now he has to and now he gets powers and he has to somehow kind of still be this thing that he's no longer anymore. And it's and it's a conflict. And there's just something to that that I, I don't feel it. I don't feel it in any of these movies, even in the maybe a little bit in the Sam Raimi one. They but, haven't really nailed the, the perfect Peter Parker yet. Uh, I think no. the, the closest that they got, like I said, was not entirely in Civil War, especially not in the point when he's first meeting with uh, Tony, Tony yeah. Stark. But it's there were there were hints of it there, like, you know, when he's he is nervous talking to Tony Stark. So he starts talking real fast. And then during the whole fight scene, the fact that he is wisecracking during it, it's the first time they've made it that it's because this kid is honestly scared out of his fucking mind right now. And this is the only way he knows how to deal with it. It's not because he's an asshole making fun of a carjacker by like, oh, if you're going to be a carjacker, don't dress like a carjacker. It's more of these people could probably kill me, I think, and I don't know how to deal with it. And that's so much more Spider-Man. So if I can can make fun of them and make them question themselves, maybe I have a chance. Because if they think I'm confident, then they're going to not realize that I'm not. Listen, coming from Electric Company Spider Man, I'm just grateful to where we are now because that is uh, what I this is what I always wanted to see, and they still haven't nailed it. But it's it's uh, it's on its way. I feel like if you took the Sam Raimi movie and then this and the Andrew Garfield movie and then you kind yes. of just combine them, them yes. yep. you combine them and then eliminated a lot of shit, you'd have something. Yeah, you'd have a way closer, more nuanced, perfect because they both had di- separate elements that needed to be in there, but they were never like together. the Spider Man stuff. In the in the Garfield yep. was great. In the Parker oh, yeah. with the stuff, Parker stuff yes. in the with, Raimi movies, uh, and Tobey Maguire, Rebecca. Yes, I agree. Like that's a, that if you come like so if they can just squash those things together in this new movie, it'll be good. But look, thanks for the speak pipe. Finally, let's get to our big announcement, listener. If you don't know, Matt Dalhauer runs a fun little series in collaboration with the Ginger Geek Blogs on our show called "What the Fuck Happened," where we take a look at really bad superhero movies dissect them, break them down, talk about what happened. We've done Spider-Man 3. We've done Fantastic Four 2015. We've done Batman and Robin. We've done uh, Green Lantern. Uh, and I don't know what you've decided on the next one, Delhauer. I'm very excited. Uh, why don't you tell us what your plan is? I've decided after um, much deliberation, I've had my people talk to other people Good. who people talk talking. to people. Okay, get them talking. Um, we've done recounts in three major swing states. Oh, see, I don't know. I think you need to uh, do another recount. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> scrap it. It's scrapped. Let's not do it. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Uh, we, have, I, we, by we, I mean I have officially decided that what the fuck happened, number five, will in fact be – the 2013 flop RIPD. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. This could be the second part of a Ryan Reynolds trilogy. Is that what's going on? I think it may be. And this is because Peter Kendall wants to torture you and you're going to take it like because, a man. This is because Peter Kendall says that he, the one thing he wants in his life 
when he comes back from his cruise ship is to hear me <laughs> having to have seen R.I.P. And that was uh, was that an image comic book? Who put that out? That was Dark. Horse. Oh, that was a Dark Horse. Okay, uh, great. I have not seen this movie. Uh, and I, I've also the thing is I I mean I haven't seen the movie I didn't even really actually well, I mean I kind of knew that it was a comic book that I in never peace read Department so undead so I I have taken it upon myself that this will be the first what the fuck happened that not only am I going to see the movie I have read the four issue miniseries right on right on because I feel that if I'm going to wonder what the fuck happened to it I have to know where it came from absolutely I love this this is great we're moving on to independent uh, comic book title. Uh, mixing it up. Rugs, would you watch this uh, movie beforehand? Or are you just going to enjoy the ride? I mean, uh, I could watch it. I don't want to watch it. It's like Men in Black with I don't, dead people. I don't want to no. watch it either, Rug <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I mean, I'll, if I have to, I'll watch it. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this much. Uh, as it was with um, Fantastic Four, I'm going to be doing like an entire breakdown of the plot of the movie. So you really don't, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. You if, you, just, if you want to watch it so you can follow along and be like, yeah, I agree, that's great. But at the same time, otherwise you could just hear me make fun of how stupid I, it is while I recap I I what could, happened. I wish I could critique it as a comic, too. You know, as yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. knowing the comic. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I have time for all that. Uh, well, look, well, it is. I'll tell you, it's it's a four. It's only four it's issues. A four, it's a four issue yeah. miniseries yeah. that came out. It was not a long running series um, that doable. I was able to. I read it online, yeah. So I, I can send the stuff over to you guys if you want, so you can you can get to know it as well. That's great. Oh, this is great. This is going to be like getting to know a good comic book and then watching it crash and burn and rugs. Well, you, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, it's not that good a comic book. Rugs, <laughs> you can just let Matt take the bullet if you want. So it's a shitty comic book too. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to listen to the episode, Rug Boy. Right on. He, okay, this is good. All right, the next what the fuck? R.I.P.D. Check. So this is why you want to subscribe to the podcast, listener.com. It'll come right in the feed. You, uh, We're going to wrap it up here. It's been a, quite an episode. Delhauer, where can the listener find you? Well, uh, the listener can always find me on Twitter at at Matt Delhauer, um, as, as Ashlyn Grayson has done. Yeah, he found you all right. He found me. I like I uh, I it surprised me. I, I did not expect to be to be getting that much response back from episodes. It's great. It, 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 yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a feeling I had not expected. But um, they can find me there. They can find me on how do I jump HD one jump dot com. I have not been on the podcast for a while. My day job has been uh, keeping me busy, cool. but I'm also uh, proud to announce that the fans can also finally find a new article that I have written up on Blumhouse.com, Ooh. that is uh, B-L-U-M house, H-O-U-S-E.com. It is a, uh, a horror movie kind of news yeah. and editorial website. Yeah, I've heard of them. And I have a story up there that's called Stu's Story, uh, another look at Wes Craven's Scream. Oh, cool. Where it is a whole entire thing talking about how I think Matthew Lillard's character in Scream is actually the most terrifying thing about that movie. Well, right on. I will put that in the show notes uh, for the listener to check that out. Uh, Rugs, where can they find you? If you would like to read the article that I wrote. You wrote an article? You No. So. You could just go to my Twitter account. <laughs> I thought you were going to say if you want to read the article I wrote, you could go fuck yourself. You can take all my tweets. Uh, you can do that too. Them. You can also fuck yourself. You can go to <laughs> While Twitter. On Twitter. And you can find me at Really Rugboy on Twitter, where I just posted a picture of 
King Kong sad because he misses Harambe. Oh, King Kong misses mm. a, uh, Green Lantern Harambe forever. Listener, I'm also on this other show called Trivia Geeks podcast if you like trivia shows are you getting us on there yet uh, are we gonna have a are we gonna be able to take on dave and uh the guys from a place to hang your kids? we we can do oh we can do that i can see they're in england so that makes it a little hard because uh they record on wednesday's rug boy's been on that's fine don't worry in a couple months they won't be a part of europe that's true once they break away from uh the eu uh brexit much rug boy's been on but i want you to check out the latest episode uh because uh there, i was on with two guys who work on the show impractical jokers Joe Imbergio and Casey Jost, who is Colin Jost's brother, who is on SNL, who does the weekend update anchor on SNL. Uh, it was really cool hanging out with those guys. And the episode's called Shittens. Uh, but if you like uh, trivia stuff. Uh, oh, my God. Those are the those are the the, the baby wipe yes, mitten things. It's an actual product. It's a fucking app. You wipe your ass. I've used them. You've used them. How are they? Are they good quality? You want to wipe your ass? It's perfect. It feels nice. <laughs> I was say, if you want to wipe your ass with a glove on, you're yeah, in. You're perfect. in business. It's a, br- yeah, it's a brilliant. It's, I mean, really brilliant product. Brilliant name. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you can buy it on Amazon. So I'll have a. What l- can't you? I'll have- like. I think it's meant to be for more for. Uh, uh, like maybe with babies, or if you're having to wipe old people's asses. <laughs> Like if you're like a if you're like a nurse, uh, there probably be even better. It is a uh, here, and the, if you click on the episode, there's a there's a graphic of the box, and it's the it's described as mitten shaped wet wipes. You can find them at shittens.com. Maybe they'll sponsor the show. Like who oh is this God. product for? I Somebody guys who have messy ass. And so it says like, on here, it says for baby, for pets, for grandpa, and there's like a handicap sign, and then I want these things for you somebody yeah. buy these things and ship them to me. That like that's, you get that for a peep for like a nurse who has to like wipe people's butt. Yes. For that, someone who makes house cool. visits. It was one of the questions in the podcast. And then they just named the episode because it was hilarious. So trivia geeks shittens. I'll have a link to all that stuff in the show notes. Listener. Thanks for hanging out. Definitely subscribe to the show. You can find us everywhere. Leave us a rating and reviewing on iTunes. Just go to jockanerd.com slash review. And finally, tell a friend, give them one of these. Nerd. Grab their phone, subscribe them, spread the geekery. Thanks for hanging out. We love every second you shove us in your ear holes. Uh, this is the Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran, and we will catch you next time. Yahoo! Bro, do you even podcast? That's what, that's what he's doing in the Philippines. <laughs> he's just yelling at Asians. Bro, do you even podcast? They don't speak Bro, English, do Anthony. Talking <laughs> nerd. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them end. How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah! Star Wars! Those near in Star Wars!
seventh winner up here, Star Wars!